0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the ENS Wolves podcast. Extra, because it's 250, baby. That's 250. How the hell have we got there? 250th anniversary spectacular. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. I'm delighted to be joined and welcome Wolverhampton Wonders reporter himself for The Athletic, Mr. Tim
1: Spears, getting the band back together. Mr. Tim Spears, how's it going? How's Get, it going? Getting a lot of deja vu here, by the way. Oh. This, this feels very familiar.
0: It's absolutely stunning. Tim Spears has has, has made the journey from Stafford. Uh, 55 minute journey. I've currently got a celebrity now. Um, I had to roll out the red carpet, knocked on the door. I, I'm, I'm stunned that you are in front
1: of me. I haven't seen you in about. 2 years <laughs> rolled out the red carpet struggled with the sweetener for the coffee uh, no brown sugar uh, really struggled to, to find out a, a plug are you are you, um, jo- are you joking i've got look you've got a put a candle out for you freshly freshly tapped maple yankee candle no but no but that's 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 the classic uh, bachelor um, <laughs> cover up isn't it because the place smells so bad because your missus is away six so you, weeks away you just, you just lit loads of candles <laughs> to make it smell nice freroche I mean, uh, to freroche I mean, there are beer cans all over oh, the floor cigar joy. butts. I mean, you've had some parties here. Uh, you? I've had some
0: parties. <laughs> I tell you that.
1: This is Alana. Listen to the first seven minutes of the podcast, and switches off. So you've absolutely killed me. To be fair, I do like the um, the drawing of a pineapple on the on the wall behind. It's very good, actually. This it's, just, it's just one of your best. It's, a, it's that's a Chihuly work of art. Thirty eight grand that was. <laughs> Uh, this one of your best. Very good. <laughs> oh dear,
0: how's it going? Um, yeah, good. Uh, we had to do it out at my house because uh, wasn't I, I I've ever been to your apartment since uh, since I've known you. I, I went to the Wolverhampton apartment, but not not your not your place of uh, of bed now. It's a bit for, bit far north for you, isn't it, mate? I mean. Golden Gate with a big A across it. You've got to go on the intercom. You've got to pay a subscription to get up the drive. 7 a month. Christ. No wonder you're here. Very good. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, so I did see you Saturday night. Yes. Well, people people are a bit concerned, actually, to be honest. I mean, you haven't tweeted for five days. Yes. People think people are, people are worried. There's conspiracy theories. People think you're dead. People think you've got... <laughs> people think you've overdosed overnight. It was your birthday party, though, Saturday night. And, and it, was, it was a fun night. So, are you okay? Can you let the people know that Tim Spears is still alive, well, and still is Wolverhampton Wanderers reporter?
1: Honestly, I'm getting tweets, I'm getting DMs, I'm getting messages. <laughs> I bet there are, are some you- DMs. <laughs> Christ, you can see the pictures. Are you are you okay? You've been very quiet. Have you been silent? <laughs> oh, silent uh, <laughs> after this horrific defeat. Uh, am, am I not allowed to talk about it? um it's just crazy honestly it's crazy I've been quite enjoying the the social media break Mm -hmm. to be honest Mm -hmm. and then logged on last night to this barrage of like where are you but yeah Yeah. I've just had five days off (laughs) amazing you've actually you
0: you allowed time to have some time off but uh yeah we went to um so after Brian I met you in I met your city center you were in with your with your harim your posse um and I must admit Chris Wokes oh chris wilkes was there of course he chris was works. yes was there, yeah. not because we went to the old um what was it called the sixes was it sixes cricket sixes cricket i don't know if anyone's yeah. ever ever done it before it's kind of like a bar slash three or four cricket nets with a virtual bowling machine that that tosses balls up, you and you have to hit them for hit different targets but yeah it was quite fun actually it, was, yeah
1: so if, if anyone's a lot of people listening will probably have done flight club which is the darts version yes very good very, very popular these yeah. days sort of anyone can anyone can have a go chuck it at the board and it yeah. does your score for you Yeah, similar thing really mm. but with cricket nets and and and, and, and the bowling machine yeah. and the ball comes out of a big screen you, you watch a bowler sort of bowl kind everybody's of drinking everybody's drinking except for you because you were doing the yeah kind the of road race 5k next 3k 5k shuffle shuffle, next Truffle, shuffle. around Birmingham and mm. um, and yeah, all, all the all, all the lads were there, and I thought I'd invite you along. Yes, well, I um, we appreciate it as a as a as a as a cricket um, sort of semi professional um, to we show go. everyone how it was done. Here we go, um, and then of course he he, <laughs> he got beat by my mate Danny. He was absolutely <laughs> half cut. He'd been on the double rums <laughs> and the tequilas. Oh, no, he was flat batting it on village level. <laughs> J- J- Judah hadn't touched a drop. Came second, <laughs> embarrassingly, it's humiliating. But so humiliated, he left before the end. Do you know what the thing? Um, do you think what the thing was as well? Like genuinely, I'll show you this now
0: um also doing the run the next day half marathon and um there were two balls and they put the spinner on to start with and it's it's coming in quite I mean it was decent decent bowling to be fair and obviously I can't I can't I can't get (laughs) out in front of all these people he's bowling quite well and so twice it's come in he's a little leggy, and I've smashed my bat onto my ankle and obviously I couldn't let you I couldn't (laughs) let it out at the time but I'm in agony I'm thinking I got back to the room before the run I've got to take the thing off it
1: Look at this! Oh my goodness!
0: This is that—that's
1: from I'm that Massive yellow bruise. Massive the, yellow bruise
0: and I was really hurting at the time. Obviously, I couldn't <laughs> let it, you know. You—you're all half cut, and I'm thinking, can I run tomorrow? But uh, oh I'm man, thinking, you imagine? I know. That's what I'm saying out due to um, due to cricket injury indoor cricket. Yeah, it's good though.
1: Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I mean, there's, yeah, there's no there's no excuses as to why you didn't win. No. Um, no. But no, it's, it's good to see you. I mean, pe- people might people have, maybe haven't heard us on the airwaves. Yes. For a few years and think I think this is a reunion, but I do have to put up with you. You do. Uh most weeks still. So um
0: We haven't had too many nights out though this year.
1: No we have. no we haven't no, um
0: no, due no. to COVID slash games getting moved at ridiculous times. We we kind of earmarked Newcastle as a bit of a night out and uh just turned really into a little bit of sushi pre game and uh that's kinda of where the shit show started, wasn't it, Newcastle and then and then from then. The what show? The shit show. <laughs>
1: Excuse me. You still swear on this podcast? Yeah, you can swear, yeah.
0: Yeah? Yeah, of course. 100%. How's it
1: been? Obviously, I listen every week. Oh, yes. How's it
0: been? Gone down the shitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, do, no, no, no. no, it's no been a- I, I do listen. No, I you do don't. <laughs> not. I do. Little, I do. I reckon you've listened to three episodes since you left. <laughs> also, and one I, of them, you're no, on it. No, I, I love you and Joe. I think you're fantastic. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> listen every superb, week. Superb, superb. No, it, it's been good, mate. It's been good. Uh,
0: um, And... and Without spoiling what's going to go on in the future when you listen to this, and it is a very long podcast, but hopefully you enjoy it. You can cut it down into two or three segments. Um, we might have some some other voices potentially later on, but we have recorded this in um, you know, individually because I think it's nice, and it's a pleasure to get you back in here. Um, I'm going to go back to, um, well, first of all, how many episodes do you think you did? This is the 250th, Tim. How many episodes did Tim
1: Spears do? Uh, obviously, we did at least 100 because we did a live show. Correct. For the hundred.
0: Yes, we did. That was the first live show in WV1 so
1: Lounge. WV, yes. In... Which
0: now looks like Wagamama's, apparently, I've been told. Just Does table, it? tables, long tables for everybody from the VIPs. Interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: December
1: 2018, that was. Wow. I lasted another sort of 10 months, I think, before mm. I left. So one a week. Maybe the odds Yeah. Maybe another 30. So I guess 130.
0: Wow. I tell you <laughs> what. Fair play, 133 podcasts, decent, yeah. 133, including the um, the one we did for charity a while ago now, I think it was 200th, wasn't it? It was 50 episodes ago, it was it was it? Oh yeah, it? the virtual one. The virtual the one, lockdown, covid yeah. time. so yeah. um, so that's great, but um, raised a lot of money for charity, I think probably at six or seven grand in the end, this is not for charity, this is just for shits and giggles, so it's okay. Three um, shits, i at four now. I know, I'm I know, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, you're getting me in the mood, you see. <laughs> Another thong going across the room in a bit. <laughs> Uh, so, from your 133 episodes, okay. slash covering the club, yeah. Mr. Tim Spears, for the Express and Star, yeah, what was your favourite memories, would you say? What, what are your kind of like top memories? It doesn't have to be like a podcast moment, it can be you know of, of covering the club, of, of doing it in, in, the, in the Express and Star stratosphere of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Was it
1: was the takeover? Was it a certain game? Was oh, it a memory? Me. Um, probably the Man United game in the FA Cup. Mm. It's a bit cliche, but... Mm. Yeah, I remember being emotional. I was in tears after full-time whistles. Like yes. incredible. Yes. Just, just the most beautiful moment as a Wolves fan, realizing just where Wolves was. Wolves fan, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because you had your fan. Because that was a fan slash. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. If I'm a neutral journalist, I'm, yeah. I, I couldn't care less. No, but I think but, sometimes um... you do have your journalist hat on, and you can
1: you can't quite enjoy your game as yeah. much.
0: But that was you, you almost brought the. The, the fan took over at
1: that pet. No, definitely. I'm, I was saying to someone earlier today, I'm far less of a fan than I used to be, yeah. just because it's been seven years now since I sat in the Steve Ball upper. But, um, but yeah, no, there are obviously still moments where it's uh, the emotions get the better of you. And that mm. was one. What well, a beautiful moment. Amazing. Beautiful moment. There were many. Absolutely, I'm, honestly, no, it's, it's you know, how much of a privilege uh, this this job is to me. And mm. um, we've had many funny moments. We had the live shows were just incredible. Yeah. Absolutely love doing them. Yeah. And um and sort of it coincided with Wolves going from absolutely nowhere in the championship to seventh in the Premier League and the mm-hmm. Europa League Final. so it's a dream come true, mate, dream come true. And then even like going to
0: the back of beyond in Europe, you never mm. th- you never think it, but and, and there were some brutal days and brutal trips, but great trips. You would never change them, would you? There were also some highlights, by the way. <laughs> I were mean,
1: there? I mean, so, <laughs> some of the back streets that you're in. Oh dear. Oh! <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, still got that video. Still got that video. Some people might remember. Still got, I reckon, I reckon. still got that video hanging yeah, over your yeah.
0: head. Yeah, Fish, Fishgate. Fishgate was definitely... See, Fishgate got you back for Twittergate when you tweeted off my Twitter account. If you remember, that was in Geneva. That was in Switzerland.
1: Goodness, you're jogging my memory here. Fishgate. Yeah. No, Fishgate was pre-season tour, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: stuff salmon down your thing because you you tweeted out from my account something like I love myself or That's something. Didn't we we're you? in
1: we were in Switzerland and Jude made the mistake of leaving his laptop open in front of me. Yeah, never again. So I tweeted something like, oh, just just thinking out loud to myself that you know I'm turning forty next month. Is is, is my modelling career? <laughs> is my modelling, yeah, something like that. I was fuming. You genuinely fuming, human, but the amount of people that thought it was genuine—that's yeah. what made it even funnier for me. Uh, uh, but you didn't like it, so you put uh, salmon, yeah. in my suitcase. People it, it, in, uh, pocketed in some jeans, I think. Yeah, there were there, uh, was, just, there were
0: there were various pieces within the suitcase just before I got the flight home. I mean, that was prop. That was proper. I didn't realise, to be honest, that you weren't allowed to do that anyway. Or bring fish back across. <laughs> Back on the plane, um, but I must admit, when we left Heathrow, wherever it was, and you got on your train, I got on mine, we were going different places, and then I just, I just got that text. I thought, oh, it's absolutely brilliant because I knew I'd done a tweet and I'd tweeted it. but I knew you hadn't seen it because you hadn't turned your phone on, and then we went on the plane, so you had you know four, five, six hours of it just. Getting smelly, it, it, it and permeate, warm. permeated through my clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: So I had to throw some some stuff away from that. You think it's funny, but
0: I did. I thought it was hilarious. But now we could we could sell a book on stuff that's happened that we can publish, and there's an unpublishable book.
1: over, yeah. the, over the few years, which sell, me. sell to who? <laughs> it's gonna, it's, who, you, who wants to read this. It's bad enough for them listening in picture form. The the other the, oh, the picture the, book would do well. The picture book, slash the video, pop, the pop up book, would do ah! better. <laughs> um, no, yeah, good times. And hopefully some more to come as well. You know, hopefully back back on the pre-season brigade. Yeah. Um, this summer. It's been, yeah. it's been a while since pre-season, but um but we'll be there wherever wolves are. Yeah,
0: pre-seasons I think are some of the most enjoyable times. I can even remember like when we were in doing our first well, we did the pre-season together in Ireland, didn't we? Of course, that was our first pre-season. But then when Foshen took over and we went to Austria. Was yep. it Austria? It was Austria. Yeah. Yep. I can remember us sitting down with the podcast on our Airbnb table that we eventually found. And I think it was like our thirtieth or thirty second or thirty first pod. And previously, we'd done it with all the all the reporters of the clubs, and we were leading when, with Wolves. Yeah, it was Express pretty much our, Wolves. All the Express and Star football Express reporters. Express Star football yeah. reporters. And then I was like, and then you were like, I said, I'm just going to do Wolves. We're just going to carry it on as Wolves, really, because Wolves was eighty percent of it at that time. No one really cared about the rest. And you just said to me, oh, "Do you want? Shall we just tell them? Do you think we need to tell them or something? Do you think they're going to be disappointed?" I'm like, "No, let's just go. Right, Wolves <laughs> podcast. Bang, we're in." That's we, true, I do
1: remember that now. Yeah. yeah. We literally just started recording a Wolves podcast. Yeah. And just, Matt Wilson, the Albion reporter. Oh Hello. Hello. Hello? <laughs> still still in that WhatsApp group somewhere,
0: I think. <laughs> um No, plenty more to come, mate, like you say, you never know, and there's hopefully a preseason tour this year. Yeah. Um Hopefully a European tour, definitely, next season. <laughs> Christ. It's funny because um and we're gonna move on to some football stuff, I promise you, um, in a little bit, but um I do want to leave it with you in our little banter segment. By the way, I have got notes ahead of me. Have you seen these notes? These are mo- more notes than yeah, you've no, seen you, in years. You, your notes just say ban- banter, banter segment, banter I can read there, Yeah, it's crossed off. Of um, is Out of all the amazing stories that you broke, and the articles, and the features, and the pre-seasons, and the matches, a lot of people remember one of their favourite moments of the podcast was Peagate. Oh, yeah.
1: Was p Yes, my legacy, yeah, Pissing in a Bottle. Pissing in a Bottle. So
0: I don't know what that has to say about us, but I've, I've gone through the archives. Um, I've selected it. I found it. I listened to it again last night. It was one of those impromptu moments, and there's quite a few people probably listening to this now going, I've never heard of this Tim Spears guy before, we'll do the podcast together now, but this sounds hilarious. Well, I'm going to play P-Gate now, um, just to set the scene. It was, I think it was, um, I think it was a evening game at Man City. Correct. Lost 3-0. Correct. Wolves were terrible. Yeah. Bolly got Easily sent outplayed. Off. Bolly got sent off. And the I guess the crux of the story was that when I arrived at the ground, I was desperate to go to the bathroom. We were in the middle of a remote car park. And whilst, I guess, a lot of cars were coming in, I knelt behind my own car tyre and relieved myself. And then that kind of just materialised into this this amazing story off the cuff that I think a lot of people, whether they were... Uh, driving the car or at home with the kids or on a train just genuinely it was it was laugh out loud funny I completely went it's not
1: bloody best picture mate just play the clip
0: ok here we go here's the clip of Peagate or do you relieve yourself by the tyre hoping no one's going to look uh. What are you seven? <laughs> You're not holding it in. I couldn't wait, man. <laughs> I couldn't wait. So I've crouched quite a bit of crouching, Chan Tiger, <laughs> by the wheel, knowing there's cars coming in. I know it's dark though,
1: and uh, yeah, there's, the gravel got a watering. <laughs> so you relieved yourself behind a tyre next to the Etihad station. My
0: tyre, not someone else's tyre. Oh, you what... pissed,
1: pissed on your car? Well, it wasn't. It was to the side of it. There was a bit of spray back. But what, I'm, what I was worried about is if there's cameras around... And then I mean, can... you, probably, you probably cleaned it, if anything. That's absolutely filthy, <laughs> that car of yours. <laughs> <laughs> should, should, it, should, should have done the back windscreen. <laughs> no, I need to do it. <laughs> it's, it's not, not working. I you can reach that high. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Have you ever done that before? Though have you ever been caught um, short?
1: Going oh to god! A- so once, once I was driving home to see my folks in Womben, and um, it was it was desperate. It was like, like a 50-minute journey, leakage I, almost. I couldn't hold it in. Yeah, to- totally. <laughs> the, the leak had started. Oh no! Right, so I got a bottle. Oh
0: no! I've never done this before. Quite, I've thought about it. Water bottle, probably yeah. like a 500ml water bottle. so okay. It's not that
1: big. I emptied the contents out the window. Is
0: this is why you're still driving. <laughs> Are you driving this moment time? I uh, said so traffic
1: lights. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, tried, I've tried to aim it in. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. For some reason, I got the angle wrong. Oh, no. Or well, the hole wasn't big enough. <laughs> hey, hey, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> <And> it's... Just, <laughs> it's, just, it's <laughs> anyway, it's just splurted. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all over the steering wheel. All over the company all car. All over <laughs> trousers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh goodness man. me. It's embarrassing. But you can't... <laughs> I couldn't stop... <laughs> I couldn't... Oh, God. I couldn't stop that. No, you're in full flow. You, you, fall <laughs> like... <laughs> you I can just see you trying to get the rim,
0: trying to find something. Oh, man. I was so glad oh I was going great. home. I was so glad oh I was great. going home
1: and not somewhere else because my mom just t- <laughs> took pity on me. It's fine. Well, she's seen it hundreds of times. Most probably, but well, not recently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh my god! This is different class. I don't care about the podcast. That's
3: brilliant. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, right. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway.
3: <laughs> oh, goodness. Right. Okay. Come on. <laughs> you
0: got to be 3 nil by city. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, I, we, were in, we were in great jogging bombs as well. <laughs> just, just, oh, oh, man. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't, oh. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Right, just oh. <laughs> Manchester. Stop. Billy <Imagine. laughs> Molly's red card. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, can you imagine? He'd be caught <laughs> short. He'd <laughs> <It'd> be drowned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they spray a water cannon at football here. Again. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm sweaty so and pity. <laughs> oh, well. oh,
0: wow. So the 250th extravaganza continues. You think you've had one special guest? Oh, we're going to have a second. He's an old friend of the podcast with his, I think he's always going to be known for his devilish good looks and the devotion to the old gold and black that has, has not gone anywhere since he, since he left a little, a little while ago. Please welcome to the podcast, the return of if he is there, come in. Mr. Joe Edwards! Way. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Hello! Yes. Welcome back, my friend. Welcome back. I know you've got to You speak a little bit. That was like a... Hello. Be- before it was a yeah. hello, yeah, but now yeah. now things have moved. Th- things have moved on in, in the old Edwards residence. Shea, Shea Edwards. There's a there's a there's a baby asleep downstairs. There is. the missus is working. You've got a lot of things going on, mate. So a, a, a lot's changed. How how the devil are you?
2: I'm all right. Yeah. Since since we last uh, spoke on these uh, waves yes, on the on the yes. wolves waves. Uh, yeah. Little Jensen has uh, entered the world. Congratulations,
0: um, mate! Congratulations to all the all the Little Wolves pod, pod, Poddy listeners here, because um, yeah, we obviously I think that was after after obviously you you you'd moved on from the Wolves podcast. Um, so so how is it? How's how's life? How's how's kind of like the sleep, mate? The deprivation is is it is it as bad as is it as bad as kind of like people make out or not?
2: Um, somebody knocking at the door. Oh, if um, that was mine. The old ring doorbell. Oh no, 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 yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, how, how we sleep? Um, I think anybody can attest to this. Um, mm. As a as a parent, mm. it's yeah, sleep is deprived. Is and it? You get as yeah, and get as much as you can. Um, oh, we no. did have a bit of a milestone actually last night. Jensen had his first night in his own room. Oh, that's and, huge! Huge news. Yeah, and it was like yeah, kind of went to bed you know eleven o'clock, woke up at seven. Nothing. nothing just, no peep. No, nothing. Oh, nice not, Yeah, it was. Uh, it was blissful. Um, I mean, t- to be fair, he's not been terrible. He was good for a, a, you know a, a good spell. Then he had kind of a very mm, clingy phase. Then back to it, and then these past few weeks, the first few teeth are coming through on the bottom. Uh. So I think they're giving him a bit of jit. but. Um, Generally, to be fair, I think we've had it all right. I think it could have been a lot worse. But um...
0: I was doing a few Albion fans the other day, and there were a couple of teeth coming out the bottom as well. Just... <laughs> just a... <laughs> <way>. <laughs> um,
2: so, uh, so yeah, if he's a he's a, he's, a, he's added a couple of Wolves baby grows as well. Oh, nice, nice. Um, starting him off early, um, so we'll see if he's definitely going to be a Wolves fan. Maybe a result of the past week. The ah. last weekend won't help too much in that regard. But um yeah, he's uh I I've got a feeling he'll be down the bottom you in uh in years to come.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, let's be honest, mate. I mean I know you're doing a good job and in- uh, Walsall and, uh and uh and thankfully from from the people who don't know I I still do the Warsaw podcast with with Joe so it's nice to nice to have that rapport on a on a on a bi-weekly basis we do it every fortnight don't we but it's mm, nice to nice to see a friendly face and go through it so um you know it hasn't just all gone you know see you later and uh, never to be never to be heard of again so it is it's nice from my point of view that we still get to do that um do you know? Can you remember, Joe? And I, I've done the old tot up here. This is this is go research. On. I know we didn't do much when we were there, but research. <laughs> do you know how many podcasts you were? You were my 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 co guy, my my wolves expert. Oh, what let, do you let reckon? Me... What do you reckon? So it was
2: roughly two years that I did it. What do you reckon? Um, so I reckon about. I think I'll go about eighty-five.
0: Oh. Stop it. Joe Edwards. It's serious? 84, 84. 84. <laughs> Honestly, 84 we, we, ha, we haven't
2: discussed this before, and that was a genuine guess. No,
0: no, no. I'm, I'm yeah. impressed. that That is top draw, mate. That yeah, is top yeah. draw. 84 podcasts, my friend. So I've <laughs> done this now with four, present, I guess, four, four Wolves experts, inverted commas, and I would say, Joe, and, and you know, no word of a lie because it's been a pleasure doing it with you, out those four, you are definitely in the top four. Definitely oh, in the top four, mate. What, a, what, a,
2: what an accolade!
0: <laughs> what? Well, I mean, looking looking back on it, I mean, what was what was your favourite moment? Would you say while you were covering Wolves, while you were doing this, what was um, you know, maybe it was a game or a situation or just just a a period that that you're in? What was uh, what would you say is one of your one of your happiest memories of, of doing the job?
2: I think they're probably a bit cliche. What I'm gonna say, but obviously Europe was was yeah. a highlight. Um, you know covering games in different countries went to so me I did bratislava Braga um Barcelona for the espanol game mm. and then the the uh, the the quarter the quarter in Germany that obviously you know fans didn't have the pleasure of mm. seeing, unfortunately um that was a bit strange but it was still a good experience but um I'd say those European trips and especially Barcelona where it was a real kind of party atmosphere, and yeah. um, obviously, um, you know the the song that, that that kind of that dancey tune. I can't think of what
0: the yeah yeah that, that all started
2: that night, didn't it? It did. Um, so that was good. And then, uh, in terms of like a standout game, now I think that Man United won in the cup. I've never yeah. seen
0: Molyneux so electric. That was ridiculous, wasn't it?
2: And I think if there was a game to sum up the the height of what was achieved under Nuno, now mm-hmm. um, I think it was that. Really, um, you had a you had a front two that were absolutely on song in firing, in Jota, in, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely firing on all cylinders. I've said it before, but I think Diago is possibly the favourite Wolves player I've ever seen in my yeah. lifetime. Yeah, And I think, obviously, what he's gone on to do since, and the struggles kind of up front Wolves have had since, i uh, kind of reinforced that point. But um, what a player he was, what a goal that was when he just kind of shrugged off Luke Shaw like he wasn't Amazing. there and just drilled it under the, underneath the keeper. Um and the, yeah, as I, as I say, just the the noise of everything exp- mm. that night. Um, Saturday night. I think plenty had been, you know, on, on, on TV the, on t- as well. On TV, I think a fair few fans had been on the piss for most of the time. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But um, but it all added to it. Um, Saturday night under the lights at Molyneux. and um, of course there was a few of those. There was the comeback against City as well, which was pretty special. Um, but for me that that United game, if there was a if there was a moment in a game which felt mm-hmm. really special and really unique, and you kind of, you know, for want of a better pr- a phrase, a, a pinch yourself moment, then yeah, it was that definitely.
0: I've never heard Molyneux so loud than that night. I don't no. think. I think that was, I mean, yeah. sat- Saturday was close against Brighton at home. In the other world. Ah! <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, look, that that was that, I think I ended up in pop world that night with 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 with. Susie Perry getting absolutely wasted <laughs> those those are the, the nights the impromptu nights you just don't because re- you didn't have a lot of expectation there was a hope but there wasn't an expectation but when they were playing well you always had that that inkling and uh, and yeah it's like you say take away all the atmosphere take away everything that happened when you look at that team and, and you know I guess compare it and we't want, want to do that at this stage but compare it to what you're seeing at the moment those those are kind of the, the special nights when everything was clicking when there were a team to be feared no one. And I mean, no one wanted Wolverhampton Wanderers at Molyneux, did they? Whoever you were.
2: Yeah, I mean, United kind of wiped the floor with them, really. And that, that game weren't scared at all and obviously roused to the occasion. But they, they were, they were seen off sides quite regularly at, at, at Molyneux. And, and just, I think it was especially that first season in the Premier League, you know, there was just absolutely no fear at all against the Big Six. And um, that. Yeah, that United game. Just you know, they they weren't. Ju- it wasn't just kind of players performing at their skins mm-hmm. on that night. You know, you you were looking at the lineups and you were thinking, oh, this, is, this is crazy, really, because I don't think I'd have many Man United players in this Wolves mm-hmm. team. Um, Jota, Jimenez, Neves, Maticio, you know, kind of firing on all cylinders. That was when kind of Bolly was at his imperious peak, best yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um obviously Johnny had come in and acquitted himself really well. Doherty was scoring goals and assisting goals on a regular basis from Wigbeck. Yeah. You know, it was a team and a well oiled machine really. It was it was um it's, it's weird because I was having this conversation I, I think it might have been with yourself actually, when it was on about, you know, this this Wolves team currently could finish Probably as high in in the, maybe not now what's happened in recent weeks, but it's kind of there and thereabouts with the Wolves mm. teams under noon now from those first two seasons, especially that first season.
0: Yeah, but well, if only at, a place away now, remarkably, aren't they? I yeah, mean, yeah, seventh, didn't they? So they're only in an eighth and three points away from seventh as we speak, which is crazy in itself. But I know what, I know what you're trying to say, but yeah, carry on, sorry. Yeah,
2: but if I was offered the. If I sort of offered one team over the other, I'd pick that team from the first season mm. under Neil. all day long, maybe that's me looking at it with um, a bit of nostalgia, and you know, associate it with good times. But I think a fair few Wolves fans would, would feel the same, you know. And um, it, Wolves haven't never really had; they didn't have the most depth then, um, but they still haven't got the most depth now, really. And I think one to eleven, that that team was. Um, was fantastic, you know. Even just squad players like um, like Ryan Bennett and um, and you know Costa to an extent and yeah, Cavalero yeah, to an yeah, extent. I, sure. I, I think um, the 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 impact of that those kind of players have it almost got better mm. since they left. You know what I, I mean? mean? Now you look back on them. Um, you know Costa and Cavalero had kind of tailed off towards the end, but you'd probably. Taken now in in some respects,
0: yeah. So, but you, had, you um, had kind of the new generation players who would come into it, you know, you know, who, who who would hit the ground running. But you had that, like you said, that that old championship, yeah, guys who had done so well and got them up in the first place. so we're still, you know, okay, maybe some of them. Yeah, Nevers was obviously starting, but like on the periphery, being bench options, starting and not starting. But you still had that. Uh, that, that nostalgia of oh, the Costa's first season, and uh, and like you said, Cavallero, there's a lot of goodwill towards them, wasn't there? Because they have done so so well, and everything, everyone could could be part of that time under Nuno when they were doing so well and flying.
2: Yeah, I think I think that was I think that's the best football that they've played in the Premier League, mm. um, and I think that there's almost an element they got worked out a little bit by other other teams in the seasons that were to follow, but. Um, you know, and now noon. became very, kind of very defensive towards the end. And that third season under noon, I would got, you know, pretty stale to be honest, and pretty boring. That wasn't helped by COVID. Um, but that first season, especially when you look back on it, it, it's not, it's not exaggerating to say that it was bloody brilliant, really. Yeah. Uh, some of the football that they played, and and as as I say, Jimenez and Jota firing on all cylinders. That was, you know, for a while. There, they weren't just one of the best strike partnerships in the in the Premier League. You're thinking probably one of the best strike partnerships on the continent. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. such a good understanding. Yeah. Um. It, you know. And again, that three-five-two. know out have kind of played three-five-two, three-four-three here and there over the years. But that three-five-two then, when Dendonka was introduced into the midfield and kind of to bulk out that in the middle of the park. Once teams have got a bit smart to. Um, Nevers and I was a pair. Mm. It was just, it was fantastic, and um, you know, to to have, to have seen those games, you know, really closely, you know, is,
0: is always something that you know I'll remember fondly. And uh, I guess those are the highlights, the low lights for you while you were while you a rules reporter. What would you say? I, I guess I don't want to put words into your mouth here, but I mean, you, you had you had a difficult time. It was a difficult time for us all, I think, because the bulk of of, of doing a lot of your reporting on your own was during COVID with no fans there and, uh, and, and it, was, it was a very strange atmosphere and one you probably look back in your journalistic career, I think I will as well, uh, you know, in the next 20, 30, 40 years of, of a bizarre time that will never be replicated.
2: Yeah, um, if I had me time again, I'll, I certainly would have had, wouldn't have had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it just the, just to kind of put it into a bit of context, so I kind of took over in that September of that year um, and then the following March was, of course, when COVID struck. But managed to get married in that March and went on the honeymoon and stuff like that. And basically got back, and the lockdown was announced. All the football was off.
0: It's almost straight away, wasn't it? It was I think straight you away. You just about got back, didn't you? I can remember. About, now. I think we got yeah. back on
2: like the twenty-first, and the twenty-third was like when national lockdown was announced. Wow! And my first day back at work, I sat at my desk in 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 the spare bedroom, mm. and I thought right, I've got a fill of paper here and I don't know when there's going to be a game next. Yeah. Um, I've got no interviews banked up because I've, naturally I've been off for a couple of weeks. Of course. Um, and I need to file two stories a day and <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, thinking back, it was bizarre. I mean, obviously, um, you know, the, the club that helped us out with a few player interviews which are kind of, you know drew out to death really and like <laughs> milked him for all I could um and you know, obviously it was a
0: period you, of uncertainty, wasn't it? It was very it was, difficult times, like you say, because there was, was no crazy. you couldn't yeah. you couldn't put your calendar on saying this is finished, this is starting, this is finishing, whether you're gonna be going to a game, whether you're gonna be able to have the same situation. Of course, restriction wise, when we were reporting, you know, we, you couldn't just go down to a mix zone and, no. and, and, and have a social with the players and speak to three or four players and, you know, get some good interviews. It was very much um what what we were given and i think that yeah. was difficult and when you've got no interaction with the fans as well you know from that point of view and, and that's part of how we've built our brand really especially over the last five or six years of, of getting the fans involved as much as possible and that's been you know our brief uh, really since day one since since we took over is to to make the fans part of it and to make them the focal point and, and when you can't do that it's a very difficult and a different relationship you have with them isn't
2: it yeah um i mean zoom press conferences um, which have kind of, you know, some clubs are still using. Um, but, yeah, Zoom press conferences, um, you know, no, no ability to really speak to players after games, apart yeah. from if it was Zoom here and there, if if they'd won. If they hadn't won, you probably weren't getting one. Um, and then even, like, me and you weren't, weren't, weren't at games. You no, know, it, no, Only yeah, one yeah. of us was allowed, only, only yeah. me, really. That You know, you, they would only let one person per organisation um to games you it's know. gonna
0: be a lonely place can't it at times for certain definitely
2: um you know kind of I know there's um in you know it, we we all know it's an unsociable job at times but you kind of you know traveling the left and Bradford country and there wasn't really you know even many colleagues to speak to at these games you were all of course socially distanced and um kind of yeah, they'd extended the press boxes to where you'd almost be just kind of sat in the stands, really, with your laptop on your lap, and yeah. you know it was it was all very it was all very sterile and very um, kind of you know kind of regimented. As as it had to be, really, because you know at the height of the pandemic, it was you know obviously a very scary time, and people were being very cautious as they as they needed to be. Um, but to be in the centre of it. It was a very strange experience. Of course, um, privileged to still be able to to report on games and kind of you know keep readers informed and kind of give analysis and you know thought on on games and stuff when so many people were locked out. But um, you know, I'd be lying to say if it, it was a it was a lovely experience. It was um, you know you were going to games sometimes, especially you know some of the kickoffs had been moved to these ridiculous times, and you'd be getting to. I dunno, the London Stadium for, you know, seven o'clock on a Sunday night and, and stuff like that. It was a um, very strange time and mm. um, yeah, if I had my time again uh, being Warsaw uh, being Wals Reporter, sorry, there's me Warsaw reporter head on now. <laughs> um but be, if I was if I was Walls Reporter again, yeah, I'd I, I, I w have loved to so have had more games that are, that are packed out Molly Molyneux, more games on the road that were, you know, with fantastic fans. I think the last the last one I covered with supporters was the Tottenham Hotspur away game. Um, not, not a bad one. Not a bad one. That was brilliant. Yeah. it um, after Espanol was it? That was after Espanol. Yeah. Wow. So, I know you weren't feeling great that day, were you? But you no, got through it. I got through and, it I um, felt and got like going for some reason. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> White but, when you turned up. Um, but yeah, that that was a that was a good day, and you know? I guess a good last one with fans. But um, yeah, in, but in, you in look back world, on it as you I'm, look I'm back on
0: it from a, in, in a happy kind of way overall, you know, to, to have been there, to have done it and to have, you know, been part of, you know, the Wolves reporter in, in one of the most successful parts in, in club history, which is great.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not doing it now and I, I did make the decision to kind of um, step away. I won't mm. focus too much on that, but obviously having, having a baby boy and, you know, other, other things become, you know, more important. But, mate, there's a, know, lot, it...
0: there's a lot going on, mate. There's a lot going on. <laughs> There's a lot going on. A lot, lot more than I've. I've just got two dogs, mate, and Mrs. On tour all the way. It's easy for me. You, you got real life things. I've, I've only just worked out how to use the uh, the dryer, mate. Apparently there's a there's a compartment where you have to where water collects and you've got to pour it out. I didn't even realise that until the other day. I was I was stunned. So I'm all right. Do this gig, but I, I know what you mean, mate. Sometimes sometimes you you can't you can't put 100 in, percent into everything. So uh, so I think you know it was it was it was a, it was a lovely period. It was a pleasure to work alongside you, mate. Will you will you stay on? To the podcast a little bit while we have a little bit of a chat later on. Of Is course, that okay? Of course, of course. Is that okay? Yeah, of All course. Right. Perfect. So the 250th episode continues with my third special guest. Last and absolutely least, wow! please welcome, Mr. Liam King. Keena! <clears throat> Keena, welcome to the, to the special anniversary pod. How's it going, Bebe?
3: Well, it's it's not too great, mate, because it's nice to know that you've left me uh you left me to last, and you've put your wolves reporters in order of uh, of favourability. So, uh, mate, I, I now know this, what you really feel.
0: I've done, um, no, no, and and look, I know, I know absolutely. People, people have a narrative. Sometimes I've got favourites and stuff like that. You know, I've done this podcast now with with four different wolves reporters, and I've got to say, out of all the four reporters that I've done it with, you are definitely the most recent.
3: I mean, <laughs> that is so heartfelt, and I'm definitely number four on the list.
0: <laughs>
3: Unbelievable.
0: Oh dear, dear. Well, no, it's so nice you made time mate? for me anyway.
3: Pardon? It's nice you made time for me.
0: Well, I mean, nice you made time for me doing it on your day off as well, so oh, just oh, you, just your oh, commitment to the
3: cause. I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I could be, well, I am going to be at the gym shortly after this. Are you going to be, be, uh,
0: gonna be um, pumping some iron, mate? Because I, I did see you looking a little bit a little bit um, soft on Saturday, shall we say. Soft. Soft. I was I was wearing a coat you were you were going for that third apple pie that third helping of apple pie and custard and I was like Kino what's going on here
3: well one there wasn't any apple pie and custard and had there been any I'd have definitely had some and two I didn't have any dessert actually don't let the truth get in the way of a good story
0: Kino is the is the motto of, uh, of certain things in the last few days um, on Wolf's Twitter how many episodes do you reckon you've done out there what have they 250 do you reckon what do you reckon I've been asking this with the boys.
3: Oh, of the 250, ooh. I've done. I'm gonna guess. Ooh, ooh. 40? Huh? Forty? Uh, see. Do you know what? Jedward has a
0: really good guess. And he was one away. You're not bad. You're you're four away. Thirty six.
3: You've done thirty six podcasts.
0: Thirty six. I mean, it feels like forty. It feels like 140. But 36, I think, is a good effort from you.
3: It's been nothing but abuse. I mean, you could do abuse of the week <laughs> section just here with me and you. It's been Get, nothing but abuse. But to- come on.
0: We had to get rid of it, mate. But I had to be nice. It'd be nice to bring it back. I think you might leave now. You might be like I've had enough. What, what? am I doing this for?
3: No, I'm going I'm, I'm heading back to the Saddlers, mate. Somewhere oh, I'm pre- somewhere I'm appreciated.
0: A super Saddlers. That's two. It makes two of you. Um, do you drink away the pain after Saturday?
3: Well, um, I sort of spent away the pain in a way. Uh, okay. I mean, it was already planned um, to you go shopping, on... punch bag or two. <laughs> or
0: oh, you spent away in a, it in a, from a plastic point of view, card wise. Well, card my card got a real beating. I'll put it oh, that way.
3: No. My um, card got a real beating. I'll put it that way. Oh no. Yeah, I. I don't do. Through I'd you planned... or through the misses? Through me. Oh. She was very restrained. All credit to her. Uh, no, I'd already planned to go clothes shopping on on Sunday anyway but it made it feel like almost more therapeutic when I was there tapping away mi- you know mixing up between the credit and the debit card and throwing mm. them all around any
0: and um it, any tighty whiteys bought mate
3: no I mean obviously a lot of it was far too fast well, you wouldn't be seen dead in it is what I'm saying it's far too fashionable for you um oh. <laughs> but otherwise yeah I mean if it's not a salmon pink you know, Snoopy jumping, then, uh, <laughs> then you're not going to be wearing it. But in fact, I did go somewhere nice for lunch, which is actually more up your street. Um, go on. I don't know where you've been. There. Did
0: you go at market? Did you?
3: No, very good. I went to tattoo. Oh, okay. Yeah. In Birmingham. yeah, yeah. I don't know whether you've been. It was very. Yeah, posh. it's fine.
0: It, it's it's fine. It's fine. There's, it's it's a bit of a chain, but it, it, it's okay. I mean, it's it's nice. It's nice. It's. You know, expensive. it's fine. It's expensive for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I've done. I think I did I think they've got one in Manchester. They've got one in
3: a few cities.
0: But it's it's nice. It's decent. It fair. was good.
3: I thought, I thought it was very nice. I mean, it was not cheap. Um, <laughs> ah. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I, I sort of yeah splashed uh, splashed a bit of the cash and uh, and I did my be- best to avoid you. Obviously, you were in Birmingham as well. So yeah, I, uh, I stayed. I away. was.
0: Did you see? I bet you were irritated. With all those all those um, blocked off roads, mate. Well, it was all right for me to be was honest it? because you know I
3: come into Moore Street coming from Warwick, so you yeah. know there, there wasn't really much of the route around where I was going shopping or anything. That was all right. Was Didn't all, all see good.
0: you clapping me in the last mile, mate, when I was running up there past the Bull Ring um, in agony uh, for the old man. half marathon. There was no uh, there was no bells or, or you know. Are you saying come on, proud of your name? It was just nothing. Well,
3: I'll say it now. Well done, good time. I'm impressed. Um, and how was it? How painful was it?
0: Um, it was alright, to be honest. It was alright. I was supposed to be running with a friend, but he got there late, so he actually joined me on mile six. Um, but I kind of ran with a pacer uh, for the first seven, eight miles and felt pretty good. There's, there's um, It's a pretty hilly course, Birmingham, so for miles seven to nine, it, it's pretty brutal. Uh, but to be honest, I felt okay. It was getting to... It was between mile 10 and mile 12, because I was under-prepped. underprepped. I'd done a few long runs, and I'm always kind of like keen to run, but I'd... i'd I'd kind of gone off the running for about a month so it was um it was a it was a two-week dash really of of a last-minute training program and yeah mile 10 to mile 12 and a half really was pretty grim and then there's a big uphill uphill finish to it but it, it was fine i missed it i missed the road races i missed going there and um and having a few um having having a few drinks afterwards and you can't beat the smell on a on on the start line mate a mixture of kind of like sweat and anxiety and people haven't washed and the porta potties and the poos and the peas and it's you know people dashing off the course to to relieve themselves oh it's it's just you know this, this I've I've missed I've missed that mate I've missed that so um it was um it was good stitch stitch leave it she's up here already, mate so uh, no, it's, it was good, mate. It was good. Got my little medal. So um, so all was all was well in the in the Judah household. And my hamstrings are pretty tight at the moment, though. I Must admit.
3: Euphemism. Wow. It's been lonely, isn't it, in the old <laughs> in the Judah house? Yeah, Mrs. <laughs>
0: is still on tour, mate. She's um, I think she's well, she's going to be around. I think she's got another three weeks left. I don't know where she is anymore. Somewhere. I don't. Who know cares? In, I don't think, yeah, exactly. Who cares? Who cares? Um... Got to talk about it, mate. Let's let's go straight into it. Christ. Oh, Here we mean, go. I mean, we've seen we've seen a few shit shows recently, mate. That was probably the biggest one of the lot, I think. And I'm not talking about just recent. I'm talking about all 36 or 35 games, however many the Wolves have played, because that was appalling from start to finish,
3: really. It summed it up. It took six minutes forty seconds for one of us to swear, and it was uh, and it was (laughs) definitely justified. Um, Look, I mean, I I didn't cover Wolves last season, obviously. I know there were there were plenty of bad performances and result. I mean, obviously, the the Burnley four 0 springs to mind, things like that. But far and away, in my time covering, which of course is only this season, but far and away, that was the worst performance. Um, Brentford at home, both Palaces uh, games. Arsenal away West Ham away they all spring to mind but and of all those Brentford is probably the worst I would say just this, yeah, tops, this, this tops it for me um, it probably wasn't as chaotic as Brentford you know because obviously Brentford scored twice in the first half they had two disallowed as well and that was very um, you know it was just all over the place at the back it wasn't quite as chaotic as that but it was worse in, in different ways and that it was just so dull <laughs> It was such a bad watch in the first half because Brighton didn't really have to get up, get themselves up for it. They didn't really have to do much to edge it, mm. uh, which I thought they did in the first half. And, and, of course, they had the two penalties, which one of them they scored. Um, and then second half, you know, you, you, you make a couple of changes, you're expecting a reaction. Um, I thought Neto was probably the only player that had a, maybe a little bit of credit, and certainly of the two sub-players uh, that had any credit. Um, at half-time and other than that Wolves were absolutely toothless going forward they were soft with a soft underbelly at the back Um, they had nothing in midfield they couldn't look after the ball they couldn't track the runners they couldn't make simple passes Um, and it it gets really summed up in the way you look at the goals Um, I mean the the penalty that Bolly gave away was clumsy the second goal Raoul, who I thought was, was terrible to be honest um struggling to hold the ball up in between the lines, loses possession, they break. Trossard barely gets tracked by Moutinho. He then sort of reacts late and he just cuts inside him fairly easily and scores. The third one, Basuma has so much space on the edge of the box and and barely gets closed down and puts it bottom corner. Um, And then, again, the whole thing gets summed up by Wolves getting one effort on target, which was a woolly body header directly at Robert Sanchez in the 84th minute, 85th minute. I think that sums up Wolves' performance, and it sums up really where they have made or where they have struggled in different parts of the season. And a lot of it has been in those forward areas.
0: There's a different. I mean, there's a consensus, isn't there? Like, like Wolves, Wolves are eighth, and we've discussed many times that we didn't think they'd be in this position at, at this stage of the season. So yes, there is a you know a look of okay, well, well, look, they've done great, they've overachieved, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, for me. It's taken a very dark turn recently. Not not be, not not the results as such, but the manner of the results and the position that they've got themselves in. And yes, they're missing players, but there are. It's a good thing that Wolves are comfortably in the top half of the table because if they were mid to lower table, which I think have quite a few people predicted this season, I wouldn't fancy some of these guys in 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 a in a battle to to stay in this league at this moment in time because they look like. Easy competition at this moment in time, and regardless of players missing and players um, not being available for for certain reasons and, and contracts and uh, and being on loan, like there's there's no excuse for not turning up and giving one hundred percent. And to be honest, Liam, especially on Saturday, I don't think some of these guys are actually giving one hundred percent, and that's the most. Or the more concerning thing for me at this moment in time, when really, if there's anything you should you should be giving, I'm not going to say over 100% because I don't like that term, but you're still on the verge of European football here. So the fact that I don't feel that people are giving their all on the pitch is deeply concerning to me.
3: Yeah, and it feels um, just a lack of fight, a lack of desire, and and really a mental block because once they go one nil down, I mean every single player on that pitch is going to be aware or every Wolf player at least, is going to be aware of the, the statistic that now of the 16 games Wolves have gone or Wolves have conceded first, they've lost 15 of them. Yeah. The Wolves will be aware of that, of course they will. Yeah. The players will be aware of that, they'll have heard it. Even yeah. if they weren't aware of it before the Burnley game or before the Brighton game, they'll have heard of it by now because fans have been talking about it. We've been talking about it. And, um, and that's got to be some sort of... It's got to play in your mind, it has to. They're only human. And you could see as soon as I mean they weren't great before this anyway, but as soon as they went one 0 down, they 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 just looked a shadow of of themselves from the earlier this season anyway. Um, somehow they're I, I've said this this same sentence for the last four or five weeks, and it feels a bit tiresome to be honest. But somehow they're still in it. Stop it! I'm gonna put I'm, I'm gonna stop say it. Stop it, Keenan. No, look, look stop
0: look, look. it! I'm muting you. I'm muting you.
3: Look, there's no way. And I said this after the Burnley game, there's Stop no way I, I think they'll do it. There's no way Stop I will it. Stop it. Listen, I don't think they're going to do it. But it's possible. Because they're actually in, <laughs> albeit you look at the fixtures and it's of course very difficult, they're in actually a very good position in terms of the, the game in hand and the, and the points. Why? But you look at the fixtures, you look Why at are the way they they're in playing. in a good position. Well, of course they are. Look, they're, th- they're three points off seventh with of the game in hand. Yeah, but and and the goal difference is the well, it's four points
0: really because of the goal difference as it stands. Well, of
3: course, yeah, no, that's that's fair. I'll give you that. Um, But what I'm trying to say is, you add the context to it, and it looks nigh on impossible, doesn't it? You look at the fixtures, the way they're playing right now. um, The only thing that's going to save them is that they've, you know, historically done better against the so-called bigger teams. And West Ham at the moment, uh, in a similar way to Wolves, can't buy a win. Um, But it's going to have to. It would take a massive turnaround for Wolves to do it now. But that, but it's really linking back to the same point you were making that they're in some ways fortunate that they are where they are because had they been, you know, mid-table, bottom half of the table, and and start to hit this rut now, I wouldn't say they'd necessarily be in relegation trouble, but they'd be looking at a, a pretty shoddy finish. Um, they've, they've got to turn it on and and at least, you know, they've got they've got the slimmest of slim chances of making it, and I don't think they will. I'm I'm just making that point, but. The the one thing they need to do is they have to have a respectable end to the season, even if they lose against Chelsea, City, Liverpool. On current form, they'll go out there and they'll lose three, four nil, particularly to those latter two teams. But if they have a bit of a respectable end, pick themselves up, and even if they lose one 0 draw one of them, I don't know, but have put up a fight. That's the way to end the season. If, you, if you're not going to do anything else,
0: it was the atmosphere wasn't great, was it? I mean, I don't think I, I'm not going to say it was toxic, but um there were a lot of empty seats at the, towards the end of the game and there were boos and you know i'm not saying social media is not the be-all and end-all but it's taken definitely taking a turn at this moment in time and and fans are fans are kind of frustrated i think at a variety of of reasons um i i would say the players i would say bruno i would say Foson, you know everyone's getting it at this moment in time it's it's um it's not the way you want to end the season you know they've they've only got one home game left Sorry, two home games left. Apologies, and um, and they want to. I think I think they're going to have to do a bit of making up, aren't they? Here between now, whether they whether they get into the top seven, which I think is very doubtful, or not, they need to give the supporters I think something to hold on to going into the summer. Yeah, yeah, they have to. It's exactly what I just said. They have to have they a. Can't go and lose them. the next four games, can they? Or no, they or no, no, no. Or even uh, let's say capitulate in three of them and maybe get a win or a, or a, an average win or a, or a draw against Norwich. I don't think that's the way to go
3: out, really. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, you know, you can potentially lose to those top three teams, but put in a respectable performance, have a uh, you know, run them close, have a. Putting a battle in display, and uh, you know you have to beat Norwich. I mean, they're already relegated as well. Um, I know Wolves have not scored against Norwich in two games this season, but they have to. They have to beat Norwich, regardless of whether they can do anything this season. Come that game, they have to beat that, uh, Norwich. But you know, they, they the, the way I would phrase it is because, as I say, I don't think they will do Europe, and I've been saying that for a few weeks. That they have to have a respectable finish. That's the way to to end the season now, and and I think most. Wolves fans would have taken eighth before the season, but you have, yeah, you, know, you have to put in the context of where they were, the opportunities they had, and the opportunities they've thrown away, and that that is what makes it so disappointing.
0: Right, Mister Tim Spears, we are back with you, and we are back talking about the incredible game that was Brighton have Albion three, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. Now you were not present because you were playing cricket and getting very drunk on probably, I would say, a variety of different alcohols. By the time that I got to you, that wasn't just you weren't you were mixing, weren't you? You were mixing.
1: Well, you you said to me earlier. About a discussion we had on Saturday, and then I, as I said to you, I, no idea, no I, recollection, no, no, not at all. It's no. bad, isn't it? But it's, no, I don't. It's did you bad. start off? Did you start off shot wise, or was it was it pretty messy? I, I started off on quite strong vodka lemonades, mm. Mm. then switched to the cider, then to wine, Oh, then the no. shots. It was a whole conglomerate of, of uh, alcoholic drinks. That's horrific. Didn't die though. Got him safe. No problem. Didn't, didn't die. Got him safe. He's still here.
0: Um. Other people who were drinking heavily before the game, Wolverhampton Wanderers, because that was an atrocious display. You've got to watch it now, you've got to watch it back. Um, what do you make of it? And, and just the scenario that's going on at the moment with these last three games, and I don't want to say a capitulation, but you look at West Ham, we've only won, or drawn one out of the last four. It is incredibly frustrating, and there's a way to get beat. And I feel that the way that Wolves are getting beat at this moment in time, especially on, on
1: Saturday, is, is kind of unacceptable. What, what do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I was sort of keeping tabs on the game a little bit and um, it was obvious that Wolves had been deservedly beaten. And then, sort of, it's hard, you know, I was, I've been off social media for a few days, but it's hard to avoid the reaction. And some of the stuff I was seeing... <laughs> right. Um, I'm seeing, can we have an official apology from the club? Um has, has Lars been sacked yet? Is it an airport? Is it he, he must have gone? Is it he, he must have been sacked? I hope he's sacked. Oh, yeah, he's at Manchester um, Airport. He's gone. He's gone um, to. Can, um, can I drive Jimenez to the MLS? Um, you know, everyone's got to go. Complete, complete upheaval. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting a season ticket. Like, literally, I was like, I was like wow. Yeah. Okay, this must have been bad. Yeah. Um So I watched the game on whatever it was, Tuesday afternoon. And... Uh, and after an hour, I was like, "Okay, <laughs> it's not that bad." Um, I actually thought, I actually thought, w- watching it with minimal sort of crowd noise and just mm. watching it on a screen, the first sort of half an hour, forty minutes was 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 fine. Like it's pretty even. But I guess when you're at the stadium and you've got the context of seven defeats in nine mm. or whatever it was beforehand. Mm. Um, the gravitas
0: of trying to get
1: this win and getting into that top seven. Yeah, there was an impatience there, and yeah. I, I could sense that impatience from the from the crowd noise that I could hear even in the first half. Um, and then, yeah, basically, the last sixty minutes, I would say, are the most pathetic and feeble attempt at a comeback I've ever seen from a Wolves team. I think certainly at two 0 down, they were playing like they were six nil down. Um, I was writing notes down like um, uh, limp, no efforts, um, walking. Mm. They were walking. Mm. And this was 2-0 down. Yeah. I was astonished as to what I was watching. I mean, the tone was set at the start of the second half when they just, I don't know, they just started giving the ball away an awful lot and yeah. and, and, um, and looked really disorganised in defence. And then, yeah, from that second goal onwards, the, the reaction or lack of it was so surprising. Mm. You know, the wolves that we've seen under nuno for the previous 3 years come back kings basically yeah Two thousand nineteen twenty, they earned more points from losing positions than any team in the premier league at 21 points mm. came from 2-0 down against man city came from 2-0 down at southampton you know they had this sort of fight in sp- to win both those games yeah fighting spirit never say die came from 2-1 down at spurs to win um and their record at coming from behind has been very good in all three seasons on you know, sort of top five levels in the Premier League. This season, as has sort of now been widely quoted, three points from losing positions all season long, which is the worst record in the Premier League. So they've gone from this team that is never out of a game, never say die, mm. always always looking to come from behind and invariably do, to the complete opposite to if you score first against Wolves, you've won. And I don't know if that played a part in their mentality, just knowing that we we're, we're not going to get it in this game, but I felt like they gave up, and it's sort of sacrilege to accuse players of not trying, but that's how it looked. It did look like that Neto aside, although he was he was trying, but some of them and I included a freeze frame in an article on the that athletics gone out today of the third plug go- plug <laughs> I'll tweet it out later when I make my glorious return to social <laughs> media um. Um, there's sort of five, six players stood watching Basuma as he puts it in the bottom corner mm-hmm. and not even sort of sticking out a leg to close him down. I'm like, what the hell yeah. is going on? So it's alarming. It's alarming. And um, So is that organisational? Is that player ability? Is it because they haven't got the quality of what they had under Nuno so they can they can mount a comeback? I think there's a lack of I think there's a lack of belief. Um in in, in being able to come back and get a result and um, they've sort of lost faith perhaps over the past few weeks. Seven defeats in ten. It's remarkable really. Mm-hmm. Um, the form before that was Champions League form and now it's relegation form. Mm. It's gone from one to the other. But I can totally understand why people left and I can totally understand the boos because there was a lack of effort. There was. There really, really was. But It's worrying. Look,
0: uh, the analogies of, I mean, to some analogy of Brighton being on the beach, you know, their mid-table going nowhere and Wolves are the ones playing for, incredibly how they still ate from the table it is
1: unbelievable. Still, there's a, still a decent... A decent gap, really, the, the, between 8th and ninth. S- at the start of this run, they were 7th. Yeah. 7th to 8th and ten, they were 7th. Yeah. No, they're, yeah. still only eight. they're still only 8th. They're still only 8th, yeah.
0: And probably 5 points, I think it's... I don't know who... That's who is why it's that. so disappointing,
1: because yeah. they, they could be so much higher. That's
0: the frustration. Now, granted that they've got injuries and suspensions, and, and they're not as strong as what they were, but at the same time, like I said, there's a manner to lose and That's not the manner. And, and the fact that they're still in with a very, I would say, small shout now of because European of the football... fixtures, yeah. Because of the fixtures... Yeah. But you can understand the frustration, can't you, among the fan base? Yeah. Because they've got to that point. Now, you wrote a very good article, I think, about a month ago now, saying Wolves are overachieving and what they've done. Was and it, the squad? It was last week, but yeah. <laughs> it wasn't last week. Last was week? it? Was okay, three. a month ago, three weeks, two weeks. You've been away for about four and a half weeks. <laughs> um, and that Wolves are overachieving. And it's probably like, you've got to contextualise exactly the situation and, and how they've done this season and what you know, Bruno was given to work with. And I completely understand that. But at what point do you look at that and go, well, that's fine. And they have, and they are, and a lot of people will not expect them to be eighth. But then when they put themselves into this, this situation, how worrying is it that they have reacted in the way that they have with those
1: players? Yeah, well, you know, if, if the final four games go by the form book or, or played on paper, then they'll beat Norwich. Probably still they will. Yeah. Um, and they'll lose to Chelsea, Man City and Liverpool, mm. which would leave them 10 defeats from 14. to finish the season which is relegation and 12 points in that time so that's extremely worrying of course it is Um, equally from the 1st of September to the middle of February they were 4th in the table and that's over 23 games so it's not Mm. a short period where they got 43 points in 23 games it's almost 2 points a game after losing the first 3 that's the thing so yeah that that period from the 1st of September onwards Mm. to the middle of February if you look at that table they are fourth, equal fourth, I think. It's Champions League form. Mm. So equally, when people were sort of saying at that time, they're not good enough for Champions League, but mm. you know they're doing great, now you've got to say, yeah, they're playing like a relegation team, but they're not. So um, there's middle ground to be found. It is startling the way that they've gone. There are alarm bells ringing. Um, there'll be people starting to lose faith in, in their manager. Because um, that's what happens when, you, when you're playing like a relegation team. So um, I think they're lucky the end of the season is coming. Because if this carried on for a few more weeks, his you know his job would be in jeopardy. Of course, it would. Despite all the good he's done, if you if you lose fifteen games of eighteen, then who would survive that?
0: Well, I think there's a question from from one of the fans later on. as I will ask it now, saying that if that was if you were at Watford and you lost seven out of the ten, you're yeah, probably so gone, aren't you?
1: Prob- prob-
0: I know if Watford prob- is Watford's the outlier, but probably. I'm just
1: saying, you know, probably. But he had, did have a lot of goodwill in the back, mm. like I said, from what had already happened this season. So it is it is important to look to look at the the bigger picture. It's not just the last 10 games. Yeah. And it's not just January when they're yeah. winning, winning every game. So, um, But let's say,
0: let's, say, let's say they don't make Europe, which I think is realistic at this point. of Realistic. Let's, I hope I'm wrong, but let's say they don't. Let's say they beat Norwich and they lose the next three or they maybe get a draw and, and two defeats and, and a win and they finish eighth. Now, there's a big summer coming and we're going to come into that in a little bit, but if you're Fosin and Bruno was, let's be honest, before this run of defeats was was up there he wasn't going to win it but i would say probably in the top 3 or 4 of manager of the season with the way that he's come in and the way that he was you know he was performing at this moment in time you've now got all that goodwill kind of gone with a lot of the fan base and people are uh, kind of saying you know is this guy is this guy the right person to take wolves forward do you if you're foston then trust this person with a rebuild if he wants to change formation if he wants to change personnel And what is a watershed moment this summer, I think, potentially with recruitment and the way they're going to play. Do you give him free reign in this two, three, four-person committee? I guess to to make it a Bruno Large-style team. And big, is that a risk?
1: He's not going to get free reign. If even if they were fourth, he wouldn't get free reign. It's just not the way that the club is run. Um, obviously, they'll be alarmed by what they're seeing, but I think I think I think they will look at the bigger picture and and think that nobody expected them to finish 8th this season Um, and you look at their wage bill which is the 12th highest in the league, you look at net spend over the past 5 years which is like the 11th highest in the league, you look at the fact that they've got the lowest top scorer of any team in the league on 6 goals, they've got no regular goal scorer they're the second lowest scorers in the league no sorry, second lowest XG, fourth lowest scorers in the league Mm can tell you're working athletic there. XG XG reference <laughs> took a, took half an hour before that that got mentioned. So so when you look at that statistics, no no goal scorer, no yeah. goals in the team. Yeah. Like I said, wage bills wage bills twelfth. Mm. Um, net spend they're bottom half. I mean, look at all that eighth yeah. eighth is a great achievement. Yeah. And you can't get away from that. Um, you know they might finish seventh, they might finish ninth, but pro- probably going to be eighth. Um, no one was expecting that at the start of the season few people were predicting relegation at the start of the season Mm. when an unknown manager came in. Mm. Um, So given that, given the summer window, do you remember remember how how annoyed everyone was in the summer when they didn't make as many additions as as their head coach wanted, which again has got to be taken into Mm -hmm. account. Um, Happened in January again, but certainly last summer, people were furious with how the window went. Mm. And they lost the first three games at that point. So, you know, some owners might... Put a few quid in the bank of that. Whoa! We've lost the first three games. Let's let's give the manager some more signings. Mm. The squad got smaller on the last day when they yeah. got rid of Gibbs White. Yeah. So all all that combined to finish eighth. I know fans are sort of, you know, desperately unhappy with the recent form. But folks will look. folks will look at the bigger picture. I think. Um, the worrying thing from my point of view is from a squad from a squad wise,
0: you've kind of got the end of. Nuno's team coming to a natural end here. You've got Ruben Neves, who's gonna be up in the summer, who, let's be honest, if he did get a big move and, and the way that Wolves operate, you couldn't really begrudge him it. You've got Jean Moutinho, who might sign a one-year deal, but you know, he, he Father Times undefeated. You, you know, he's he's getting he's getting older, he's getting up there, whether he signs or not. You've got Roman Saiz, who's probably not gonna be at the club potentially. Um you know, a lot of these players, Raul Jimenez, who's not the same person, but have they've carried wolves through to get to this stage. If they go, or the majority of them go, then you've got a massive recruitment and you've got to get it right because if you lose those players and that core of players who have known how to win games and be in big games and be in pressure situations and they know each other and how to play and you bring in a recruitment drive of along the likes of a Trincao and a Huang and these players haven't quite worked, hasn't quite
1: worked out yet, then I think you're in deep, deep trouble. I mean, they, they, they need a refresh. There's no doubt about that. I mean, every team needs a refresh to some extent. Once a year, but we 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 say massive summer every year. I, I was saying it, been saying it on this podcast three years ago. Massive summer coming up. They they don't really they don't really do that. Um, you know, I think what you'd say is if these players have been good enough to get wolves into the top ten and to eight and have served them very well over the years, why would you then get rid of ten of them in one go? Hmm. You know, I know people get annoyed with Leander Dendonka and. Um, Maybe Saez to an extent and Tomato to an extent. But they have got a lot of these players have got Wolves to seventh, seventh and eighth in four seasons. So to just dismiss them as not good enough and say we need to rebuild, do you do you rebuild when you finish eighth? I think I think that's that, that's a bit dangerous really. I think I think you take the core of what you've got and you But add you give to them it. three,
0: four year deals. It was what they were looking for at that stage of their careers, weren't no, they? No,
1: no, there there is a natural cycle and, and, and Saïs and Martinio and Cody mm-hmm. and um, and Jimenez, Bolly. Um wrong side of thirty now. So no, of course they're not going to get sort of very long term contracts, but I think it'll be gradual. I, I, I read and from speaking to people at the club, that's the way that they're looking, and a three nil defeat to Brighton won't change that. Um, that I just hope they have a smart summer in key areas. Um, I mean, they're looking to for a start, they're looking to make the squad bigger, not smaller. So again. You don't want to be tossing aside your good squad players like Saïs, like Dendonka. Um, sais we'll see. There, there are a lot of variables, that's what I would say. Mm. In terms of A, the four out contracts, which still haven't been resolved yet, I think they'd like to keep three of them. Um, Marcel, probably not as fussed about it, but they have they have offered a contract to size So Saïs, Mutinio, Neves? Yeah, yeah, they're all different situations, obviously. They're not going to break the bank for Saez, mm-hmm. and he's keen for a good last deal of his career and he's got a lot of offers from across Europe. So I say it's difficult to call but more likely to go elsewhere than not at the moment, you never know. But he's not indispensable is mm-hmm. he for Wolves. Matinho, see he's different because he's such an important dressing room figure but at his age, 35, he'll want, he'll be pushing for two years. Would Wolves want to give him two years? Being one of the highest paid players at the club as well. One of the highest paid players, but still very influential. He's had a very good season in my mind, been mm-hmm. very solid. Um, maybe there's some kind of middle ground there where there's an incentive for the amount of games he plays, which would trigger a second year, that kind of thing. So there's that to be sorted. John Ruddy, I think, will sort of sort of that will sort itself out in the summer. Same as last year. Mm-hmm. He'll see what offers he gets and make, make a call. Mm-hmm. But again, they'd like to keep him. Yeah, my And son. he's got a good
0: relationship with with Tony Roberts as well has not he
1: yeah absolutely and and, and everybody at the mm. club and he's still a very very important dressing room figure which is not to be underestimated and then Marcel I mean he was in the first team until recently so you can't automatically say he's going to go mm. but I think with Johnny and Ake Nori at left wing back already um, and he's obviously his injury record is poor I don't mm. think many I think you know he's made a decent contribution this season but I don't think many fans will be happy to see him go okay. so you've got those four variables then you've got Neves you've got Traore you've got You've We've
0: got what's your, what's your what's your take on the Traore situation with him going to Barcelona? You know this this ridiculous fee that they potentially agreed that no one's ever going to pay. Um, coming back one year, you know Scott Sellers saying that well, we it's worked out well for both clubs because it's put him in the in the stratosphere of, of other clubs having a look at him. What do, you, what, do you make, what do you make of it? I mean, for me, and you're looking at Wolverhampton Wanderers now, and I know he divides opinion, but I'm a, I've been a triori fan, and you look at the team now, and you look at the way they're struggling, and you look at the lack of X factor, I mean, Adama Trier would be playing games for Wolves now, and I think he would be building his value up rather than just being on the bench at Barcelona, um, and not being used and being spat out. It's frustrating for me. I feel like they missed a trick, but what do you make of it? Because I can't see him playing another game for Wolves after this.
1: I think we talk about... How Wolves can't come from behind to save their lives. Um, Him not being there in the second half of the season makes a big difference in that, really. you know, Before he left, they had the fifth best defence in Europe, Wolves, at that time, in sort of January, February. The fifth best defence in Europe. Not the Premier League, in Europe. So, if they got the first goal in a game, that was it. They tended to hang on, didn't they? Well, not hang on, they saw through games pretty comfortably. Then, after Traore left they coincidentally... don't think there's much of a link... Start to concede a lot of soft goals. So what you need then... is you need you, you need a Adama Traore. Because he stretches teams like nobody else in the Premier League. So they really could have done with him. Mm. And I understand why they did the deal at the time. I think it made sense. He didn't want to play for Wolves. That's the bottom line in everything here. I think you end every sentence on the Traore argument with... he doesn't want to beat Wolves. That is obviously a massive factor. However... Is that because he just wasn't getting regular game time? No, I think I think he wants he wants he wants a bigger move. Mm. he signed up to George Mendes' his guest of your agency um last year. You don't do that unless you want a a massive pay rise or a big move. Mm. Wolves did offer him a very, very good wage, which would made him one of the top earners at the club. But he didn't he didn't um want to do that. He could have gone to Spurs but didn't want to play at wing back. Barcelona came calling, great move for him. And it did make sense at the time. I thought, it, I thought it was a risk at the time. Three weeks in, looked like it was a pretty pretty good deal. Now, it looks like a mistake. And that's how it's going to end up because I can't see him get back in Barcelona's team now and making an impact for the end of the season. So what do you do? Do you sell him in the summer? You for try a reduced... and sell him, but it's going to be reduced, isn't it? Are well, you going um, to look at probably around 12 million, something like that? Well, what so they like? really needed to do, mate, was sell him last summer mm. for a big fee. Um, Spurs wanted him. Nuno wanted him at Spurs. Um, unfortunately, Spurs weren't willing to make anything other than an embarrassing loan offer if mm. you remember yeah, sort of do, last yeah. August Terrible. that was the market really um, but there were, if, if the offers don't come in then y- your hands are tied and Wolsey's hands are tied on this and I hope they learn from it because they've got another situation Ruben Neves fast approaching where he's got two years left on his contract to a lesser extent you've got the same with Morgan Gibbs White another saleable asset his contract's up in two years they've got to get this sorted that's sort of Scott Scott Sellers' main, main job now him and Jeff Shee um, one of the key roles for this summer is to get either get these guys tied down or say, we're going to sell you. Do you trust these guys um, to get it done, to get the job done? Have you got confidence in them from what yeah, you've seen so far? I'd say so. I, I, this trailer situation, it's the only time that this has happened. Um, they've been pretty good on contracts. Most of them get five years and most of them hang around um, uh, either on long-term deals or, or sold. They've mm. been pretty good. This is the first time this has happened. A lot, A lot of extremely... High profile players are out of contract this summer. Mm. You look at Chelsea losing mm. losing two key players on Bosmans. It's not unheard of. So um, you still got to, you know, you look at the Salah situation at Liverpool. It happens to every club. Wolves have done really well over the past few years to avoid this. This is the first time it's happened, um, but they've got to learn from it.
0: But don't you, don't you think we're approaching kind of a watershed moment for a lot of these? There's some big decisions to be made, and you've got to
1: make, they've got, they've got to get, not to say all of them right,
0: but they've got to get the majority
1: of them correct. Perhaps. Although there, there is also a situation where, they keep Moutinho and they keep Saïs. Um, no one comes in with the appropriate offer for Neves. And it's the bulk of the same squad next season, but with hopefully some key additions. You know, the curveball is, is sales. Mm. Um, yes, Neves. Maybe Neto, although probably not, given his form. Um, Kilman, saleable asset. Um, and, then, and, then, and then you've got the, the biggest curveball the Premier League has probably seen in recent years is, is Newcastle. Yeah. Where, you know, I reported a few days ago they were in for Cody and Kilman mm-hmm. in January. And I know that they were sort of casting a very wide net for centre halves at that time, it was Dan Byrne they ended up with, wasn't it? But mm-hmm. but still, you know, for that to happen, who's to say that they don't bid ten million. Fifty million for Jose Sarr. Yeah. If they're looking for an amazing keeper. Yeah. If they've got Debravka at the moment, yeah. is it? They can do that, and I know a lot of Premier League clubs are very worried about what the potential that Newcastle have got because mm-hmm. they can just blow anyone out of the water mm-hmm. they can unsettle squads they can take teams best targets away of course. Sven Botman a massive massive target for Wolves last yeah. summer if he, he's there's no way that Wolves can compete with Newcastle no. over, over for him I mean you've, you've um, got you've got an
0: expiring contract in Chris Wood and they are just there you go there's your minimum free release mate, unbelievable it's, so you can't do anything
1: about it so they are they are a game changer mm. so that's what I mean you can plan as much as you want and say look Neves might be our only major sale this summer but then like i said they can just come in and blow others out of the water. But I think, from what I understand, the plan at the moment is to keep the core squad, make some crucial additions in key areas, and you're probably looking at the spine of your team there, um, try and add, and then react to sales, basically, as and when they they happen. I mean, the other curveball, I guess, next season is that it's going to be fire substitutes, which
0: is going to to definitely aid a lot of the bigger teams and the bigger squads. And with all... Respect to someone like Chem Campbell You don't want him coming on You know as, as, as your first or second sub If you're going to lose Some of these players You've got to If you are going to lose Some then you've got to Add some quality And you've got to add A little bit of
1: quantity as well I think there's got to be A bit of leeway from Fosun I understand The small squad It's worked for them Under Nuno And yes in February When they briefly Had a fully fit squad They could leave Bolly at the 18 Mosquera chiquinho And Hoover I think we're all Out of the 18 For that Leicester game when they very very briefly had a fully fit squad Mm. but let's be realistic for the other 37 Premier League games they haven't had the luxury and at times it's it's really cost them Um, and again we talk about not being able to come from behind that's part of it not having the squad not having the subs Um, so I think it's a really interesting summer for me defence is more important than attack in terms of additions and I know that might sound weird when they just don't score goals but I think if they could play four at the back um, and put an extra body further up the field I think it would make a massive difference personally um, so how do you play can you play four at the back without any additions no that's the issue yeah I guess you know Neto Pedence Jimenez Fabio Silva Huang they can all score goals they can the issue is um, they're not getting chances and they're also isolated mm. you see it week after week they're isolated Um You know, if you had Trincao cutting in from the right and he had a number 10 to link with when he comes inside, I think that would just instantly make a massive difference. But but he he comes inside, there's either nobody there or Jimenez has come deep um, and then there might be an opportunity to cross the ball and Jimenez is still on the edge of the area. The amount of times the ball goes across the face of goal, Mm -hmm. across the six-yard box and there's nobody there. It's a a numbers game. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. You play five at the back uh, and two sort of sitting midfielders who don't get in the box mm. you're not going to have enough numbers that's the issue week after week so he wants to change formation we saw what he tried to do in pre-season I was pretty excited by that but he didn't have the place to do it um, it's a numbers thing I think 3-4-3 three, three hinders them in attack and what they need is um, better centre-backs so they can play 4 and play a higher line and play with more intensity and and, and people might people automatically assume you're kind of talking about Connor Cody there but you can look at most of them for me if you look at Willie Bolly getting turned by Danny Welbeck I mean they made Danny Welbeck look like an absolute world beater how many knees has he had yeah new knees Yeah, was he 32 Mm -hmm. 33 Mm -hmm. Bolly couldn't catch him no Cody had a tough time with him as well absolutely Mm -hmm. Kilman we haven't seen in a four really yeah um, so would you say you need
0: to get two centre-backs in, or would you say one of these three, four, if you account
1: Seis as well, can, can play in that back two, and then you need to bring someone else in? They've got a lot of hope for Muscara, and it's a real shame they haven't really played this season, because he's got all the attributes that they want from a defender. Real shame. Not, I'm not saying he's Premier
0: League ready to Let's start. Say he was an add-on. though, want he? he was. He was a young player they're going to bring through. They wasn't. he wasn't being made to be
1: Premier League ready this season, was he? So much. No, he wasn't. But if he'd have been in and out of the team this year as they'd hoped, then he mm. could have kicked on um, for next season. But someone yeah. like him, what you know, they want. And I think Lars has spoken about this publicly. They want a defender who can win duels, aerial duels, tackles, physical duels. Have not really got. Kilman can to an extent, mm. but he's not that quick. No. They want to play a higher line, so they need a bit of pace. Mm. There are certain things that this team and really to lacks. To score goals at the other end. I mean, how many goals are Kilman and bolly and them scored? I mean, I know Cody scored a couple
0: this season or three, but, you know, they should be imposing guys at set-pieces. I mean, don't get me don't give me started with set-pieces and missing the first man, but at the same time, you get the ball in the box, they should be contributing at the other end as well.
1: No, yeah. No, they should, absolutely. So that's the key area for me. Yes, yes they could probably do with another forward... Yes they could do some dynamism in midfield and some pace um, and another option even if Neves and Moutinho stay I'd love to see another option there. But what they really need and they've got good wing backs slash full backs got a great keeper got really good wide forwards what they're really lacking is top class centre halves. We've been saying it for years and it's cost them this year because Bruno hasn't been able to change formation. But if you imagine they play four at the back and then up front for example complete pie in the sky you've got Neto on the right wing mm-hmm. Perence on the left mm-hmm. Gibbs White in a 10 and Jimenez up front now there's a front four uh, we, you, you can switch that around a bit Juan Fabio whatever but there's goals in that for me especially if, if you've got a dynamic midfielder behind them Isn't fullbacks, that ask, fullbacks I mean, pushing on I mean, Morgan has White scored one Premier League goal no, no, that's just an example. Okay. I just think what they really, really need... Is, is, is the back to, to get sorted out, sort it itself out, sometimes. then it gives you more options going, going forward. Yeah, and they've known this. <laughs> they tried to sign Ruben Diaz in 2019. They've known this for a while. They yeah. tried to sign Sven last summer. Yeah. Sort of. yeah. Um, but, but it's not easy. And what I would say is, it's tough for them. It is tough for them because if everyone else can offer Euro- European football and they can't, and Everton and Leicester and Newcastle are paying higher wages... Then it is a struggle for them in the transfer market. They've got George Mendes, and they've got a pathway in the first team that players can see. Yes, I'll get minutes at Wolves. Yes, I could do a jotter and go to Liverpool. So they do have those things on their side, but they are hindered a bit
3: mm.
1: by their wage bill. And if they're not in Europe, they're going to be hindered by that as well. So yes, it's it's, it's I, th- I think I think the I think they'd like fans to be a bit more understanding of of the limitations that they have in terms of budget. And attracting players to the club. Okay, before
0: we move on, uh, let's let, let's talk very quickly, and I mean very quickly, about the elephant in the room: in Raul Jimenez not being himself this year. As you can understand, and we've kind of discussed about it's just a miracle that he's playing football, and that, that's the most important thing, and that's a win for for, for most people. But he. Form-wise, and he is a victim of circumstance. We talk about the wide people and people getting in. You know, I think if you've got a, a firing Triore on one side and net on the other side, like they were in that in that purple period for Wolves, and he was scoring goals, it's because he was getting the service. He's not getting the service, so he is isolated. Do you think Wolves can? I'm not saying get away, but be productive, be challenging for European football. Let's say next season with no additions to the to a centre forward. You know, with keeping Fabio and and Raoul.
1: That's really. It's really... Really good question. They've, they've sort of... You want a quick answer, don't you? They've,
0: well, it's, you know, it's fine. I mean, look, this is going to be a long podcast. As people understand now, we've got, we've got three people talking, so um, it's an investment of time. So it's fine. We don't, I don't get to see you too much, do I, these days? So, so
1: <laughs> the floor is yours. A real, a real problem that they've dug themselves into is spending £35 million on a second-string young striker who they can't... They're wary of loaning out because they feel like his value could diminish even further. They thought about learning him out in January, but if he went to Nottingham Forest like Rafa Mir and scored no no goals in 13 games, what the hell do you do with him then? Mm. Do you know what I mean? But he needs to play. He needs to play. It's all about value. We talk about value with and so often. All about value for money. What value for money are they getting with Fabio Silva at the moment? Mm. No goals this season. No, he hasn't played a ridiculous amount of minutes. I think he's played six games in total. He had up his minutes. So it's not a disaster. But still, no goals this season. Doesn't look great. To the wider football world. So, what do you do with a problem like Fabio Silva? And I don't mean that in a demeaning way, because you know I like the kid and, and he's got good hustle, and I think he will be a good player. But at the moment, it's a problem yeah. because of his value. So, what do you do if you can't? What do you do? Do you buy a third striker to be third choice? And then he's um, Yeah. Do you buy a first choice striker and then Raul is second second choice and Fabio Silva's third choice You mm. pay even fewer minutes? Mm. So his value will diminish even more. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. Um, and they've
0: only got themselves to blame for
1: doing yeah, for, they have, for yeah. doing the deal. No, they have, absolutely. Um, and then as for, as for Jimenez, you're right about service. He looks frustrated to me. He really does. Sad to see. Mm. He I think he knows I mean, how tough must it be for him? To know that he can't do what he could do two years ago, um, whether he can get it back, only he knows. But he's sort of, he, what's worrying for me is sort of lack of progression throughout the season. You know, he had a real purple patch in October, I think it was. He scored that gorgeous chip against, I want to say Everton or West Ham. Um, he set up two goals for Huang in the Newcastle win. I thought he looked fantastic that day. I thought he looked back to his best that day. I remember writing that at the time, but only lasted a couple of weeks. So, why that is, whether it's fitness, whether it's his headband, I know he's had a few modifications to his headband, whether it's the way that the team plays, mm. I don't know. But what's disappointing for me is how he's hes not progressed throughout the season, sort of regressed a little bit. Um, and that's a massive decision for the mm. summer as to what they do with him.
0: I mean, if you told me Raul Hinners was going to get sent off twice this season and miss... Yeah, you know, and, two games I, I think, and, and and obviously you know big periods in the games that they missed. I mean, got sent off and obviously they lost to Leeds from yeah. from there. They got sent off in probably a, an even game at Man City and ended up losing as well. I mean, there's there's four games there that have yeah. gone. Where it's just and a lot of it's frustration. I know the second sending off was was, was brutal, but the, the you know petulance it's at Man City and it's it's yeah. just genuine frustration. I guess the the situation
1: that he's in, but also like you say himself, he looks like he's he's frustrated with himself. Frustration is right. The first yellow against Leeds. Yeah. um, Absolutely the Man City Red. Throwing his headband to the floor. Yeah. Kicking it. Yeah. Um, uh, West Ham away. I remember him being first down the tunnel at full time. He'd come off the bench that day. Uh, Straight down the tunnel. Not applauding the fans. Same again for the next home game. Straight down the tunnel. You can just see it visibly See That's what we can see Mm. from afar. So imagine how much more frustrated he is. Yeah. there's, there's still a great player there. We've seen it in mm. parts of the season. He's, got the, he's still mm. got the touch. Um, he's just not running as hard sometimes for me, which I think is what fans really pick up on more than anything. Um, I think it's always noticeable when a player's is just, just not, not chasing down loose balls. Like Even when he came State. on at half-time at Brighton, didn't really do much for me at all. He was, down on
0: the, he was falling down quite a lot. Like you say, there was a lot of walking there. and yeah. It wasn't someone who was... And I'm not, I, I don't want to do a Bruno versus Nuno thing, but you make those double substitution at half-time under Nuno and you think, oh, the crowd are here, there's, there's yeah. a
1: comeback. And yeah. it, it just like you say, just went south even, even further. Yeah. The good thing for me is that he's not missing many chances. He's not getting them. Um, so I'd like to see him channeled in different areas maybe, certainly inside the box. Yeah. If he can head the ball again still properly with his new headband, that would make a a, a big difference. We haven't seen it. He's got his new headbands since the Burnley game. Have we seen him have a six-shot header? No, No. we haven't. They don't really play that way anymore. They don't really cross the ball as much, which is a frustration to him. You can see it, yeah, frustration. Really tough, a a massive year emotionally for him coming back, um, getting his fitness back, all these trips to Mexico, the two sendings off. It's been a very disjointed season, but I'm not writing him off.
0: Right, Mister Joe Edwards. Joe Edwards is back with us. Joe, I've got a board. I've got a special board of good players, and <laughs> I'm not going to say bad players. because sometimes they're not bad players, but maybe disappointments. So, so you know, yeah. so it's pe- this season we're looking at the players who have who have done the business, who have, have maybe been surprising, maybe been good, maybe been great, and then we're going to look at the board who, uh, you know, players who might need to to reassess. So here we go. There's the good board. You've got you've got six the six. Imagine a question of sport board. There's okay. six there's six numbers, and uh, there's players behind each number. So these are six players who I think have done very well this season. You've got a number between one and six. Which one are you going to pick, Mr Joe Edwards? That will reveal a player you've got to discuss. Uh, between one and six. Uh, five. Five. Number five. Number five. So Joe Edwards a pick number five, and that is, turning the card over, Zhao Moutinho, five foot seven, a football, oh, football heaven. heaven. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. He loves the vino. And uh, look, he loves Wolves. He's he's, he's here. He's uh, it's a funny one. And I can remember even, you know, I had this discussion with you a, a couple of times and he's still going, I'm thinking, mm, Jean Moutinho's legs, is he going to be worth another season? And I've got to hold my hands up, Joe. I was probably one of those people who were thinking, if then maybe you know, amazing, amazing times with Jean Martinio, But if they hadn't extended and maybe he'd gone back to, to Portugal, whatever, this season, I, you know, I would have said, amazing player, fantastic talent, pleasure to watch him. However, I think it was the right time. And I'm wrong because I tell you what, without Jean Moutinho this season, he's putting, again, defies age because he'll play again and again and again and again and he never going to rest him. And, and for me, has been one of the... Not unsung heroes because you, you, we do mention, him, but at the same time, maybe he doesn't quite get the credit he reserves of the skill and the brain and just the just the class of this guy. Yeah, I think he's
2: taken a step back into kind of not the spotlight, you say, because perhaps some get more attention, but mm. you know, definitely back to kind of prominence and you know, reminded people exactly what what he can do. Um, I, I was kind of in that same boat, really. I was thinking, well, you know, you know it's. What was that one you always used to say? Father time is undefeated. Yes, father time is undefeated. <laughs> you love That's that right. phrase. Good memory. Good memory. Uh, um, and I do think well, there is an element that time will eventually catch catch up with Martino, Um, even though it can. But again, it, it continues to, to to divide kind of all all logic when it comes to that, really. And um, you know, again, he, he he's like a fine wine, whatever you want to say. And um, yeah, just just continues to be. That classy operator um still got such a such a, a love for the game, you know. You, mm. that you can see, just it's obvious, you know, for somebody to have done what he's done in the game. um And I know he's not played for, you know, a Man United or a, well, maybe not so much these days. But you know what I mean. He's not played for a, you know, a big six cup for loads of years and and won the Champions League or whatever. But he's had a, a still had a magnificent. Career, you know, the European champion with Portugal, um, you know, various honours at, at uh, in, in Portugal and things like that, and to still have that drive and that determination and still be competing as he is and at, at the top level is, um, you know, is nothing short of admirable. He's, um, it, it, him and Nevers are still, you know, that kind of operating in tandem as, as they always kind of have. Um, you know, you look at admittedly I've not seen as much of Wolves this season because naturally I'm following Walsall up and down the country but you now what I have seen um it, it, performance levels have gone back up nevers of course he's um you know, been fantastic uh and you know you see den Donk has kind of regressed a little bit to be honest mm. um you know you would have thought would Dendonka start to take a bit more of a prominent role as as Martigno kind of steps away? But that's not proved to be the case at all. Matuidi is still very much front and
0: center. He seems signing a new deal, Joe. And would you be happy if he if he signed a one year contract extension in a obviously World Cup year?
2: I think based on performances alone, I think it's fair game. Um, I mean, you look at how he's performed, and you, you could say, yeah, I think he's probably has yeah, got another another year in him. Um, the one thing I guess you would say about it is that well you'd you'd like to see somebody younger recruited, but I mean we've we've been saying this for two or three years now. Mm. Um, and they've they've not recruited anyone so you know, they, I mean they are light in the middle of the park. Um, and Mattinho But with the Neves
0: is- situation you don't know, you know, what what is it? You know, you can't you can you've got no midfielders left, are you? Well, exactly,
2: and I think you know, I wouldn't begrudge Neves to be honest too much if he if this was the year that he moves on. Um, and I'm not too sure whether Dendonka is the, you know, a long-term answer. In the, I don't know if he's just kind of, I don't know if the pace of the Premier League is a bit too much. I don't. I, I'm not again not seeing him every week, but you know, the, there are games when you look at Donker and it just all all appears a, I don't know, a little bit too fast to be honest. So you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna lose Neves, let's you know look. This is, you know, kind of spitballing, but if if Neves does move on, mm. and whether you, I'm not too sure, then Doncic is the long term answer to be kind of at the forefront of midfield. So I think you want to keep Matinho, especially to have that continuity. Um, I think it's going to be a big summer for, for walls, regardless, all over the pitch, really, and in midfield. But. Um, you want at least a bit of transition you don't want to completely rip things up and start from scratch so um i think keeping Matinho, is he's, he's of importance maybe they didn't expect to find themselves in this position and maybe they didn't expect him to carry on performing the way he has um and you know not did uh, me you and maybe a fair amount of supporters as well but um i think when you look at it and all the permutations that could happen this summer i think keeping Matinho for another year is probably a, an, an important step to be honest
0: even if he's one of your highest-paid players, well,
2: that's 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 the that's the caveat, I guess. But you know, um, we look at recruitment of recent years. I'm not going to be too critical, but you know, not many signings have, have, have come off in that in, yeah. uh, majorly in the last few windows. So yeah. if you if you lose Matino, who are you going to replace him with? So, um, you know, uh, yes, they've got to add to midfield, but uh, I think whatever you can do to reduce that. Um, transition if you like um, Martinio has shown that he can still cut it at the top level so um, yeah I will not be I I not be, uh, be angry to see him stay by any means
0: OK we've got to talk about it Tim because um, it's all over the internet there's a lot of rumours going on now I understand that it's a, a frustrating period of the season and really the most important part of the season but there's little, little snippets of people saying certain things. Some of the stuff I've been reading recently, honestly, has been absolutely preposterous, and I feel like it's snowballing. And there's almost like a viciousness out there. And when certain rumours start doing that, and it, it just feels like a bit Chinese whispery to me at the moment in time, and people are piling on. It's not. It's almost. A, it's very toxic at this moment in time. What's your take on some of the stuff that you've written, that that you've read, and the comments and the fan base? It literally seems very, very split at this moment in time. It is, it is toxic. It's toxic on Twitter. Um, I'm not saying Twitter's the be-all and end-all. Absolutely not. But it's a a decent chunk of what I think of a variety of people are feeling. The message boards
1: and I don't know. Is it okay? Is it? Um, how many? How many? How many Wolves fans are actually on Twitter mm. and? The sensible ones are they shouting loudly? No, they're not really. I don't know. I don't know. It's um, it has snowballed a bit. You're right. I mean, what was it toxic in the in the stands at the weekend? What was it like? I mean, there were booed for boost for the first time, wasn't there? So I mean, that was pretty evident. But like Bruno said afterwards, he
0: I guess he's got to say a little bit. Is that, is that he can't blame the fans for for booing the players? But yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that that's just the amount of Wolves fans that are there, but yeah. at the same time, people are talking, you know, you're socializing. These people are obviously putting their views. He said, she said this, I heard this at the training ground. This person's not playing, this, you know, they've got this manager ready to go. It's, um, I'm not saying there's, there's no truth whatsoever yeah. in them, but at the same time, it's very ambiguous. And you give it, and it, it just, it's just like I say, it's just snowballing to some crazy stuff that I've been hearing. Yeah. And it's a very, um, it's a very volatile situation, and there's a frustration there amongst the fan base, of course, with the way that results are going and the way that the season's petering out, I guess. But at the same time, it's not doing anyone any
1: good going into what's going to be a very important off season. Yeah, I guess people are looking for answers. You know, this, like we were saying earlier, they were a Champions League team until a few weeks ago, and now they're a relegation team in terms of form. So people want answers. Um, people like gossip. I think there's a lot of that as well. Um, in terms of generally, in terms of squad harmony. Um, it's a it's a it's a pretty tight bunch. It's a pretty good bunch. Um, have there been disagreements? I'd say yes, there have been. Have there been bust-ups? Say no. Um, is there mutiny? I say no. Uh, I mean, I was I was there a few weeks ago to, to see firsthand. Really, um, I went in to interview uh, Bruno Lage, and he uh, on the spot just said, "Oh, do you want to hang around for training?" So I, I don't think he'd have done that if, if there was any kind of fractions within the group. Sure. The potential to have a Barney with the watching journalists sort of in the corner that nobody knew was there type of thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So that would be a good sign to me. Um, I do hear, you know, from from staff there that it's one of the tightest bunches they've sort of seen, you know, in, in, in their careers. Um, what's different at the moment? I would say you can question him the previous manager couldn't be questioned um, I remember a former player telling me it was it would potentially negatively impact your career to go and knock on Nuno's door and ask why you weren't in the team now normally in football that's seen as a good thing you go and knock on the manager's door oh that shows oh he's frustrated he's not in the team that's good no you didn't do that under mm. Nuno because he would say why the hell are you questioning me Get out. Uh, Get out now. I've seen that in a few presses as well. Yeah. Whereas I think under Lars, there was a bit more um, of discussion. So we've seen... um, People will have seen, I'm sure, a meeting room installed this year at Compton Park where they've got a little auditorium. Um, And that's not just once a week. They're in there a lot discussing tactics, having meetings, having discussions. And that's not just a lecture from Bruno Lars. That's sort of, you know, it can be two-way. So I think if people are... Uh, suggesting that the squad are questioning his tactics, I would say yeah, they've probably been doing that since July really because it does have an open sort of culture Um, but in terms of um, bust-ups, people being left out, I mean, I'd imagine in the case of Johnny he's probably not the happiest at playing right wing back at position for a while Um, but then that's pretty common, Gibbs-White Wanted to play in the ten, Katroni wanted more minutes. You know, these things happen, players get frustrated. In all clubs,
0: there's, yeah. Always, fl- there's always Yeah, there's always. Right. Little...
1: Do you know what? Do you know what do you know what? The bottom line to all this is, this hasn't happened at Wolves for a few years. Mm. So it's very unusual. So people are probably making a bigger deal out of it than uh, than, than, than needs to be, sure. in my opinion, from what I hear. So um I think if if Brian Elias had a massive problem with Johnny or vice versa, he wouldn't have come on after fifty five minutes at the weekend because um uh, he just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. They would have brought someone else on if there was a massive problem with Johnny. Yeah. Ditto Jimenez, yeah. him coming at half-time. 100%. Um, I'll say there's there's sort of a bit of an ongoing thing with Penence not playing at the moment, and that's a sort of maybe a bit of a grey area in terms of. I've seen it suggested that he doesn't want to play at the moment, but I think what that's more related to is the fact that he's carrying an injury um, and potentially could. Play through with injections, maybe, but just he, he he's unwilling to at the moment because he might aggravate that problem. Again, so that's where you get sort of mixed messages, really. But in terms of harmony, in terms of Bruno's position, uh, I'm not aware of any issues at the moment.
0: It's um it's tough, isn't it? I mean, the easy thing is to say, I guess, from certain fans as well. Bruno never played foot. I mean, he never played professional football, so you know the the players are always are going to question him. But it's it's not about that. And remember, these are the Type of players. I can remember when things were going well on the pitch and, you know, Conor Cody... OK, Conor Cody is a brilliant captain and he speaks fantastically, but he was, without saying it... And remember, everybody thought Conor Cody and Nuno were tight, so, so tight. And he was saying, look, the stuff that we're looking at here and the footage in the film and the way that we're going depth into analysing teams and, and, and putting our squad out there and, and making a tactic specific to who the opposition that we're playing against it's been unbelievable and it's an eye-opener and praising the way that Bruno is operating, the way he thinks about and the team he's got around him. Mm -hmm. doesn't change like that, does it?
1: No, and and Cody loved Nuno, but I I remember hearing of a suggestion that they'd had a falling out at one point. So, that's that's nothing new. That happens at football clubs all the time. Um, Ditto, I was in with, with Ruben Neves a few weeks ago and he called Lars the hardest working manager he'll ever have in his career. Not just who he's had so far. Um, so yeah, there's there's a huge amount of respect there. They've got a different relationship with Lars than they had under Nuno. I think there was a lot of love for Nuno and he generated that in his sort of Mourinho, Us Against the World. Mm. Um, lots of focus on on physical hugs, on emotion. Um, whereas Lars, it's more of a teacher-pupil relationship and it's more about respect and appreciate the work that he does and um, his intelligence, um, rather than love, you know. And yeah. that, I think that probably comes across to people when they see yeah. the snippets they get in interviews. even the
0: benches, and you can remember the Nuno's lot, and they were, all, you know, they were up, and they are antics, and I know they calmed it down a little bit toward the end, but it was very much passionate, but it was yeah. on top. You could see it for all to see. Where, Like you say, Bruno's very much reserved, takes yeah. his time to go and speak to the media afterwards. He speaks, he, he, he sometimes... A little bit too honest, I guess. You know, if you got Nuno who, who gave you nothing really in a post-match presser, pre-match yeah. presser, Bruno would sometimes give you too much. But from a media point of view, we're going to obviously take that in willingly. But he's he's very, he's very a deep thinker in the game. And he, I think he, he obviously cares a
1: lot about this team and the perception of the team as well. It's an interesting contrast between the two. And it was always inevitable because Nuno had been there for so long and had so much success that large was always going to be compared to him. But it's impossible to avoid... Um, the fact that Nuno was so loved, so lovable. It, it was a cult, the cult of Nuno, I remember you yeah. used, used to call it. He got his face graffitied on the streets around Wolverhampton. It's still there now. T-shirts with his face on. And, and, and so I saw one in Stafford. It's been absolutely smacked to pieces. The way that they you know, responded to him at full time, uh, the South Bank and the big cheers and everything at full time. Large, it's, it's it's completely different. And I think the way that the players view viewed Nuno and the fans mm. viewed Nuno and now the fans view Lars, he's probably mm. the same really. It's it's not love, it's more respect. Mm. And yeah, that means that when they have a bit of a bad run, maybe maybe they've got sort of less less time for him than they had for Nuno. I don't know, I guess we'll see. Um okay, uh the the naughty box,
0: the the bad box, seven to eleven, pick a number please. Let's mm-hmm. go with eight. Oh, eight. Eight is still there. Leander Den Donker. Oh, um, no, I, I shouldn't have chosen, <laughs> chosen eight. <laughs> it uh, yeah. I had to tweet because you were, you were definitely not his biggest fan on, on Saturday. I didn't act Leander Dendonka or anything weird like that, but um, I thought it was quite funny. You were definitely his boo boy. And then, quite rightly so, um, on Saturday, he had, he had a shocker. But, I mean, talking about the season as a whole as well, um, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because he... He's been the kind of player who you would expect to I guess you know with Mutinho looking at, at maybe playing less games and less game time this season the, the one who would step forward and and maybe play alongside Ruben Neves and he has played but really only when it's when, it, when it's been a three and, and even then um he's had some yes had a, a few decent displays and a couple of really good displays this season but Time and time again, when you look to your senior players, and he is a senior player, Belgian international, he's been at you know at the club for quite a while now. Just just gives the ball away and, and just doesn't look comfortable, and it's it's frustrating. And, and to to the to the point, I guess, Lee, where you're looking at him and you're looking at his future and you're thinking, well, I mean, I, I think he'll be at the club next season, but at the same time, like he's not doing himself any favors, is he? If if they're looking at you know, I mean, midfield is as thin as it is, but. But if you're looking at starters next year, I can't see Linda Dendonco as a starter in a best 11. Can you?
3: No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I'll start with a, with a little bit of positive on the Leander because um, mm. he has had some very, very good games this season. I think Spurs away springs to mind. Of course, he scored in that game. Um, and he's had two or three games like that where he's been excellent, one of the best players on the pitch. Um, the problem is... He, it's only been two or three times. It's, it's a handful of times that I've been able to say that. For me, his biggest issue is inconsistency. Um, he come, he floats in and out of games, but then he floats in and out of form over weeks and months as well. Um, and recently, he's not been at it. Now, I'll be fair to him and say, look, he by no means was he the only one against, um, against Brighton. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, I uh, yeah, there was a few opportunities where I or a few moments rather where I watched him on his own for five minutes or so during the game. I did it with other players as well. Um, and The keen
0: I- cam we call it. The keen <laughs> cam. keen cam. you like, watch Leander Dendonka. Just watch him the next five minutes. Don't watch anything else. Watch Leander Donker. I, no, I, 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 I was
3: telling you, I was telling you to watch him because I, I was seeing things and I was, seeing, I was saying about other players as well but I was seeing things that were, that were really concerning to be honest. Um, he looked out of position in a two. He was... Almost running in circles. He was not tracking his man. Every time he was on the ball, it was backwards and sideways passes. Um, it was. It was almost like he was stuck in a stuck in a. I don't even know what the word is. He was in the middle of the pit the, in the middle third. He was just sort of stuck there, not yeah. going on the ends of the pitch, not doing anything with the ball or without it. Mm. And it was just a really bizarre performance. He looked lost. Basically, he didn't. He didn't. He looked like he didn't know what to do with the ball when he got it and didn't know where to be when he didn't have it um it's and as I, like, as it. I don't want
0: pretty concerning that you...
3: well i know exactly i mean i don't, I don't want to pick on him because he's he's um there was plenty of players that, bigger that, than that, you. W- that that weren't good enough well well, yeah, well taller yeah i'm not sure bigger <laughs> um and uh and look he, he as i say the thing for me is is inconsistency um i don't think i don't think he's consistent to play Regularly for Wolves, I think as a squad player, I think he, I think he works. I think he's a, a good squad player and a good option. Uh, I don't think he's a, a regular starter for me, and he hasn't really kicked on since his first year. Um, I look at his contract situation now; he's got a year left in the summer, so summer 2023 is when yeah. his deal expires. Um, this is speculation. I'm not saying this from any any information I've got so far, but if I was hazard a guess, if I was a betting man, I would suggest that he might be the kind of player that might benefit from a fresh start somewhere else, and that that may go. Um, but that again, that that relies really on whether Wolves can bring players in because Wolves need additions and they need midfielders. They don't, they can't really afford to be losing Dendonka and bringing one in or no one in. Mm. So there has to be there has to be additions coming in uh, if he is to go. But um, Actually, I believe the club have got a year option on that on that as well. So he may, of course, he may technically have two years. But either way, um, you probably. I mean, if,
0: even yeah. if you are going to sell the Donkey, you'd have to give him another year, wouldn't you? Just to get that value up, wouldn't you say? Potentially, yeah. If, potentially, if, if,
3: and the options there. So mm. yeah, I, I, I can see, I can see him being a player that may not just the club benefit, but also him. I think he could benefit from a move. A uh, move elsewhere, playing regularly uh, in, in for a different uh, different club and potentially a different league. Um, not to say he's not a Premier League player because I think he could do a job for other Premier League clubs, but I think potentially a fresh start for him might might really be beneficial because it, it feels like it has gone a little bit stale as well. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I mean You know, he might come back in the summer, might be excellent, and might and, uh, and might make up part of the midfield. But right now, for me, the, the inconsistency is not there, and, and it really highlighted itself against Brighton. He, he, he looked lost. Didn't know what to do with or without the ball, and, um, and, and there was no real driving force going forward.
0: Okay, it's that time. It's a little bit of a comeback, a little bit of a retro look at... And I haven't, haven't said this in, I guess, well, maybe once in the last two years. It's Abuse of the Week! Abuse of the Week! Abuse of the Week! Ka-ka-ka-ka-ka! No, not too much abuse as in just general abuse, although I did see one of the questions that came in was, please tell me Spears isn't coming on, I'd rather have Rosie Swarbrick on. I'm like, crikey. Okay, but um, but um, yeah. at the same time, um, looking back on the abuse and, we oh, have had some abuse, you've had some abuse, are there any... Um, are there any that have stuck with you from um, from a just obviously an LOL point of view, We kind of had this segment just to turn around the um, the funny abusers or the toxic abusers and have the last laugh on them because you know we don't really care. But um, is it is there any is there any one or any particular
1: uh, comment that, that has resonated with you? I mean, there are some things that just stick with you really. Um, Me, you know, some things that sort of really get under your skin. Um. Things that you can't help but take sort of personally, and um, you know, when you're lying awake at night, two in the morning, you just think about what they said. Go um, on. Tim, I hope your next shite is a hedgehog. <laughs> just. <laughs> just hurts, man. Just literally hurts.
0: Literally. <laughs> Physically. I mean, that's
1: up there, to be fair. Uh, and that's did you know? That was one of my favourites. We had that plastered on the wall at the live show. Do you remember? I think we, um, I think we had it on a mug. By it the way, on the mug. St- still, still, <laughs>
0: still some Express <laughs> and Star mugs, by the way. If anyone wants to uh, purchase our How Express are you and Star for Star now, um, well, I ordered two hundred and fifty. I think, I think thirty-six <laughs> went for the live podcast. <laughs> Thankfully, there was two hundred and fifty people there, but no one, no one bought a mug. Um,
1: They're only a fiver as well.
0: Only a fiver and dishwasher proof for at least Absolutely one wash. Absolutely not dishwasher proof. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> say gone.
1: that gone free. The writing's gone. <laughs> I've got I've got a nice plain white mug at home, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm going to have to try and find some. I'm sure they're in the sure, sure they're in the office somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased they signed off on that. I didn't fancy yeah, footing the bill for that one. Um, I can remember um, our good old friend Ollie the cat.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, one, I mean, obviously we were back and forth them quite a lot. He didn't really like us for some this reason. This was a guy
1: in the Express and Star comment section.
0: Yes. Yeah. Very much so, and I think I can't remember what, what game it was. It was an innocuous game. I think we were at one of the Sheffield clubs coming back one night and um, got back, I can't even remember the specifics of it, but it was either the next morning or or the same night, there was a petition that he was trying to get from me and you to lose our jobs.
1: Yeah, the the editor's secretary's email address was posted uh, in the comment section and Ollie the Cat was encouraging people to email the editor's secretary um, to demand that we both be sacked. I don't know what we've done wrong. I
0: can't remember what we've done wrong.
1: <laughs> Just the usual. Just the
0: usual <laughs> shenanigans. Uh, yeah. yeah, that resonated
1: quite nicely. But uh,
0: you, know, you, never, you
1: never had horrendous abuse, though, did you?
0: No, not horrendous. Um, I, I've had a few. I've had a few. I mean, I can remember when, at the height of at the ENS. Duo banter, you blocked quite a few. You unblocked everybody for a while, uh, didn't you? I had a moment of weakness. <laughs> yeah, the moment you just... In, uh,
1: it was in lockdown, first lockdown. 4am, was I had, it? I had, I had a 11 why, carlings had a, in. Um, um why can't we all get along moment, and I just unblocked everyone in one one fell swoop. Wow, you, um, I didn't know you could even do that. Yeah, and then a few weeks... Well, a few hours later, I was like, right, you can go again. <laughs> You're gone, yeah, son. Get yeah. lost. Oh, some disgusting individuals. Really? Like, really disgusting, vile humans. Really? Yeah, I dis- yeah, yeah, would piss on them and throw them on fire. Wow. Just honestly. Yeah. Horrendous. Just disgusting. Oh. You, you know, they know who they are.
0: They know, they know who they are. They're still listening, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I've blocked a few since, to be fair. I think I've got about 40 blocks now. Have you? Yeah, that's yeah not about enough, 40. Yeah. That's big, pretty big for me, I think. Yeah, Alana, Joe Edwards. Yeah, they've gone, yeah. yeah. Alana was blocked over the first minute of this podcast, Christ. <laughs> Right, we're into Mr. Joe Edwards now. Welcome back, Mr. Joe Edwards. Joe, there's been plenty of abuse. There's been plenty of abuse <laughs> oh, over the bit. years. Some, some, some funny, some not so funny. Mm. But we, but we all, we all, we all appreciate a little bit, a little bit of bounce. Um, um. So, but sometimes they can, they can be quite shocking. Have you got a bit of abuse that might have resonated with you? You maybe you, 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 you go through, you scroll through the odd Twitter on a match day, and and when you get back in, and that, and you've gone, Christ, what's this loon on about? What's a uh, What's a, what's a what's a classic abuse of the week for you, Mister Joe Edwards? I can't remember exactly
2: what what it was verbatim, but I, I, mm. I remember the gist. It was um I think it was after was it either drawn or lost at Palace. I can't think of what the but Patricio was kind of a bit indifferent for one of the goals and oh I made, yes,
0: I can remember that under Nuno. It was like a it's a a one or a two 0 loss, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah. Made the suggestion that. Well, you know, if he's not playing very well, you've got another keeper there in Ruddy. Is he worth a go? And yeah. a fair few came in with uh, with pelters. You know, how could <laughs> you suggest such a thing? And you know, Ruddy for Patricio, you off your head and all this kind of stuff. The point I was making is that if you're a player that oh, isn't performing generally, then you tend to, you know, kind of lose your place as where keepers yeah. probably, you know, in, in Patricio's case more so. I think he, you know. Woody was a bit hard done by at times they so he didn't get in the team a bit more mm. and um, somebody kind of said it was um, uh, you know no, no offence <laughs> started off with that. no offence <laughs> it's never a good start that. no offence but <laughs> no offence but I'll, I'll help you have a uh have it ha, have an accident where you lose both of your arms or something like that, or both of your hands. Wow! And and, and you can never tweet again or something.
0: Wow! Like that. <laughs> I Christ! Thought,
2: yeah, I, it's, I did have a few kind of stick up for me and say, well, you know, slow down, mate. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, I, I, that one sticks out. You know, just for kind of suggesting that I don't know the backup keeper might be worth a shout for a game. It was a. Um, no, i hope be lose uh, both for uh, you know. i will be you lose your limbs in a car accident. <laughs> <Astonishing>. <laughs> That's Walls' Twitter.
0: <laughs> okay, Liam, it's abuse of the week time. Abuse of, of since you've been doing the podcast, what would you say is your is your favourite bit of
3: abuse so far? <laughs> well, I'll start by saying that actually I'm quite uh, in some ways probably quite lucky. I don't actually get that much. Um, I don't know if it's just i Brilliant and everyone loves me, or uh, just or the environments
0: just changed on on the old socials, mate. So people can't 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 go at you anymore. Oh, I just don't read does. it.
3: Look, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. no, no, you know you're always going to get it, and, and, and everyone does. Um, I think um, there's a couple that have stood out. Uh, the, the one guy on on, uh, on YouTube, who I think, might still be at it to this day, actually. Oh, I love it. Who comments? Jake virtually... <laughs> Who comments virtually every video to say that I'm a Villa fan. Okay. Um, and, and and I got alerted to it by my by my friends, my school friends back home, who, who had one of them had watched the video, put it in the group chat uh, with a screenshot. Um, this guy had commented under one of the uh, one of our videos post match um, earlier in the season, saying, "I have it, and this is the word he used: I have it on good authority that Liam is a secret Villa fan." <laughs> uh, if you watch the. If you watch the um, the the post match video after the Villa comeback win, uh, he looks absolutely devastated. Blah blah. blah. I, I, it really mm. made me laugh. And then since then, he's just he he carried it on. He's been saying I'm a Villa fan. You of course then picked it up, brought it on the podcast, and then people say it to me on Twitter these days as well. So uh, so thanks for that,
0: mate. You're jumping for you joining that 94th minute when Danny Ings scored. I'm like, what the hell's going on? We just got beat three. And <laughs> and yeah, but Ings, 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 Ings. he's back. And I'm like, it's what are you talking about, mate?
3: Um, I mean, I get little things like, you know, you watch the same game, or this nothing really that bad, but then the other day, I forget which game it was, it was fairly recent, um, yeah. after my player ratings, um, I thought somebody had a, I think it might have been Burnley actually, I think I, I said I thought he had a good first half, and I thought he struggled second half, um, I can't remember what I gave him, it might have been a five maybe, something like that. Um, which is not compared to a lot of the other players wasn't actually that bad. Mm. Uh and I, I think I got a few people calling me racist. Um You're joking. I think that's one of the things I got. I so, said you know, the ENS uh ENS <laughs> um agenda against tomato racism or something like that. Crikey. Know. Um so that was that was that was great. Yeah, it's lovely to be app- be uh, accused of that. It's not the quite the it's not quite the funny abuse that you were after. Uh, but unfortunately, apart from the Villa thing, but unfortunately, I don't really get, I don't really get loads. So that's all I can, that's all I can think of.
0: I have to start, I have to start, a making some accounts up, mate, before before Musk gets his, uh, gets his teeth into these bots and uh, and start sending you some, mate. See how many times you can block me.
3: Well, I mean, the thing is, you know, there's obviously some sort of pattern there that the the people who don't get as much abuse, are the people who just do a cracking job. It's because you blocked two and a half
0: thousand people. That's why. <laughs> I don't block
3: any. I've not got anyone blocked, mate. I promise you. Right, Tim, we've got some
0: questions. I said that you um in the old tweet a few days ago that you don't know who's gonna be answering them. Well, Tim Spears is gonna be answering some of your questions. It's massively disappointing for a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know, them, but I've got Joe Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh Joey Let alone Liam Keane, Christ. Now here we go. Uh, so Tim Spears, you are going to answer some of these questions? It's a it's a it's a fast round, so no no dawdling because we're it's going to be a long podcast. This. Okay. okay, you ready? Um, Matt Kirby says, given that there wasn't really much fan discontent towards Jacket, Zenga, Lambert, or Nuno when Fosun sacked them, is this the most unhappy the fan base has been with a manager under Fosun?
1: Um, but they were singing his name in the first half of the Brighton game, so no, I don't. I don't think so. It feels like it's it's limited to online at this point. If they're still singing his name in the stands, then I'm not sure that applies really. Nothing
0: but neto. Are wolves on the beach? Is it time to let the lung- the younger boys provide the, the w- their worth and desire? Young boys, young man, young boys, Uh
1: young boys. Basel, mm. um, good old Vid. Not yet, but oh, see when? Yeah, it's Norwich at home in it really. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want Liverpool away and lose six 0 do No, it's not. It's not Chelsea game because they're still in with a shout. And West Ham have gone by the way. Oh, um, and they've got poor fixtures as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So no, it's not Chelsea away. It's not Man City at home. It's it's Norwich at home. Basically, Chichina can't wait for that game.
0: But if you're Um, going to Norwich at home and you're still three points behind West Ham, it's not surely.
1: No, no, it's absolutely not over yet. I know it's stupid to think about it, but what's a three points off Europe? You never know. Honestly, like four points
0: really though with the goal difference.
1: But they will raise their game against Chelsea and against Man City. Mm. They will. They wouldn't be professional footballers if not. So you never know. But yeah, mascara Norwich at home. (laughs) <laughs> Peter, Peter
0: Fryer says, any idea if the sell-to-buy policy is still imposed in the summer?
1: Yeah, I think there's a bit of leeway this summer. There's a bit more money, as in if they don't sell anyone, there is a bit more money that's there waiting. A pot of gold, but um, sell-to-buy, yeah, as a, as a sort of a loose rule, yeah.
0: James83, would Fosun prefer to finish eighth and not get European football so that they can sell Wolves the Wolves brand in America rather than go on the Conference League tour. Seems fosen are interested in the Wolves brand's potential rather than the football fans and team itself.
1: Why can't they do both? They can do both, surely. Yeah, I think I think the um the preseason dates are set in stone, really, whether they qualify for Conference League or not. So um, you know the suggestion is that yeah they will be to America and yeah, they can do both.
0: Matthew Scrivens. Scrivo 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 uh, last week felt like we showed up for a pre-season game rather than a league yeah, it did game. Yeah, feel like that, yeah. We definitely didn't look like a team with something to play for. Is that a tactical failing, lack of application by the players, a sign that some know they're off in the summer or all of the above? Mm,
1: definitely the first two, I would say, look like. Not sure about the last one. Uh, I think there's only Saïs, who was terrible. By the way, <laughs> you know he, he attempted ten long balls and completed none. No, all ten of his long balls went astray. Wow! Uh, some of them were straight out of play. Some of them I were, saw some of them go out of play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't, awful. Um, but I, going, through, I was. Someone asked me that, and I remember going through the eleven, thinking, "No, I think there's only Saïs that's probably not going to be around mm. of, of the players that were on the pitch." So unless they've been told unless then Donker has been told he's off to Lazio already. Yeah. Um and Martinho's lining up his move to Braga mm. then um no probably not but yes to the first two.
0: Dan Holm says is there an issue between Bruno and Fabio Silva with him taking him off again on Saturday. So I was watching people Silva weren't happy with this
1: closely because I knew that people weren't happy with him being brought off and I was surprised you know he had a lot of shut spar a lot of running made some good runs in the box that went completely un, unrewarded. Dendonka put a pass 10 yards behind him when he was in a good position to score at one point. Um, but he did run the ball into blind alleys a few times. And I can remember thinking, God, I bet Lars will be really unhappy with that. Not holding the ball up as well as Jimenez would do, which I guess is why he came on. Mm. But I didn't agree with it. I thought um, I thought, I thought, you, I thought you, you should leave the kid on, really. He was, he was showing a lot of um, energy.
0: Um...
1: There's a keep sell alone at the current
0: squad. I, I, just give me a few people here, that w- what's going to happen with them. Do you think, I know it's obviously,
1: there's a lot to be discussed. More than us a White. I think they'll probably sell him. Sell him in the summer? Yeah, because his value's sky high. Is I think going to be. if Sheffield United come up, he'll go to Sheffield United. Yeah. Probably. Because I was they'll, saying, they'll make him their number one priority. I know, i was saying He's this to Liam. He's been their best player this year.
0: If he comes to Wolves and says, look, I want to go to Sheffield United, I want to play first team football... You
1: can't really keep him, can well, you? Well, Lars come... went public with saying that he um, offered him the chance to come back in January, and he said no. Yeah, I thought I was. Uh, people didn't make a big deal out of that. I remember at the time. I thought on Twitter that I would get a lot of um, cachet, mm. um, but it, but it didn't. I was really surprised that it didn't get um, more of a reaction. He basically said, "I'm not coming back." So that tells you a story. He's really burned by that season where they brought him back and didn't play him. Yeah.
0: Uh, Willie Bolly, is he here next year? Yeah. Roman says no. I mean, this guy's definitely going to be here. But do you, are you were you slightly confused with the Huang deal that it was done earlier? Do you think it was to mask maybe an ineffective January? Because I mean, it looking look, Huang pre
1: pre injury and post injury are two very different players. Fosun don't really do PR. I, I don't think I don't think they would have thought. Oh, the fans are a little bit unhappy with the window, so let's spend twelve million. I just don't. I don't think they care, really. But an to obligation to buy,
0: surely that's why they, they, they do that, so they can have a look at someone over a full period, of a full season.
1: I think the bottom line is that Lars loves him. Um, I've seen, again, this crazy world of rumours that we're in in the past couple of weeks. Crazy! That Huang has to play, and he's been ordered by Jeff Shee that he has, has to play, it sells some shirts in South Korea. Lars loves him, and again, and this is on record in press conferences about about... He's perfect for our system. I think he's fantastic. He is a bit of a manager's dream. He's a bit like Dendonka because he'll run a lot and he'll chase lost causes and he'll play to instruction. I started to see a bit of a trend in that I thought he was pretty good at Burnley and people were saying he was absolutely atrocious and I think people have just made their minds up on him now and it's going to take goals Mm. for him to get back in fans' good books because he's doing good stuff. last couple of games he's done some good stuff that just gets ignored by fans and you, you know you, you you can see that there's almost a bit of an agenda with some people that have just made their minds up now. Trinkal? No. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I've, so I do listen to podcasts. Oh, thank I've, you. I've heard your rants, um, and yeah, we're, we're in agreement on it. Yeah, not. Um, Traore? No. No. You can't can't run out his contract. No. No. Kilman? Yeah, I really hope so.
0: What's a a figure that they'd have to accept for
1: Kilman? Have to accept. You can't turn it down. If someone comes in with 40000000 million, you're not going to turn that down, are you? He's English, so his value's inflated. Mm. But he's only had one season, I've got to Mm. remember that. Cody. And and his form dropped off dramatically. Cody. Yeah, I think so, yeah.
0: Um, Raul. Yes, just. (sighs) Fabio Silva.
1: Yeah, no one's gonna, no one's gonna
0: buy. <laughs> no, no, no one's gonna pay that money. Okay, last one, big one. Oh, no, I'll give you two more. Jean Moutinho. Um,
1: yeah. Ruben Neves, no, gone. It's a Tough one. Um, if if he if he wanted to go to a big club for the sake of going to a big club, he'd have gone by now. It's got to be the right club for him, right? Because he just love being here, doesn't he? Wolverhampton and his family's here, and he's... that's that's the thing I think that's easy to forget. It's not just it's not football manager. It's not just going to another team. It's there's so much more involved in it. He's got the guy had three kids when he was twenty three. Yeah, wowzer. Or twenty four and massive family man. We probably have. We just don't know where they are. (laughs) 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 So
0: true. Oh dear. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) The South African Spears. um, Pretoria.
1: <laughs> Some massively over enthusiastic Middlesbrough fan with thick eyebrows in, in in Brazil. <laughs> Nathaniel. Oh dear. <laughs> <Dada>. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Um so uh, it's gotta be the right club for him. Yeah, obviously the right money for Wolves, but um certainly but certainly Barcelona are very interested. I know that they change how much money they've got every single week, but um all mm-hmm. be if Go to Barcelona,
0: right, Mister Joe? Just got a few little questions from the peeps here for you. Uh, first of all, we have got Dave at Let's Digit. He says, um, "So, so Wolves have got Wolves have. If Wolves had two weeks off, that could have been used to train." and work on our previous problems for the final push instead players were given just over a week off I'm baffled by this they've returned with no improvement no new ideas and no drive why not train are they complacent so this is obviously um in relation to to you know the players having a bit of time off um in between the week that they had and, and kind of the disappointment I guess uh they come back to to uh, the bit of, bit of time off after the Newcastle game, they've come back to to Burnley defeat, and and now obviously that shocker against Brighton on Saturday. Um, is it as simple as they should have been made to stay for the for the two weeks and trying to right these wrongs and, and get themselves into a, a position where they can win some games to achieve European football?
2: There might be something in it.
0: I, I think a, a week
2: sounds like a lot to me. Maybe maybe a few days or half a week. You know, three or four days after after what what would have been the game? Would it been the of the weekend, or is it the, the midweek? Or just kind of a f- few days, half a week maybe, and then kind of come back in, even if it's just a bit of gym work and stuff like that. Um, I mean, Wolves have had a demanding schedule this season, but not to the level that we'd seen in um, previous in, years. In no, previous I mean, Thursday, years, Sunday, yeah. Yeah, nowhere near, um, especially kind of the, 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 the quick turnaround from. Uh, the second season under new now we're going into the third. Um, yeah. You know, the, what did they have about three or four weeks off before that um, yeah. quarterfinal going into the into the next se- next uh, calendar season? So and
0: they've had big breaks with COVID at the start of the season with games being called off as well. So that there's been two yeah, w- yeah, periods I mean, of two, two, three weeks as well when they've had a bit of a break. I, I mean, covering there's w- been a lot of internationals, but at the same time, you're always going to get that.
2: Yeah, I mean, covering Walsall now. I mean, Walsall have played kind of, you know they're finishing the league season this weekend 46 games then they've had EFL trophy games of course they you know dipped out the cup uh, the league Cup and FA Cup pretty early on they've been getting on for about 60 games Warsaw mm. um Wolves haven't played that that level of games this season and you know there's been lots of weekends where in midweeks I've been doing Warsaw games where warsaw uh, where, where haven't been playing Either there's been international breaks or things like that and now you know that a fair few players go on those. I don't think Wolves have had a um, terribly, uh, you know, intense season. I think there's, there's definitely those other seasons past and. Um I think other teams have had a rougher rough time of it uh, this year as well. I mean, West Ham, for example, you know, of course, with their Europa League exploits and, and things like that. So, uh, and that's what you want, it,
0: isn't it? Ultimately, yeah, the success yeah. you want, success, you want European football. You want, uh, you know, a, a con- a, I guess fixture congestion is, is is a sign of success. Now, you know, all of this squad, we've talked about it many times, isn't you know, isn't anywhere near that and that likes to to accommodate that. And even even when they did do well in Europe, it was amazing, you know, how. How how that worked really because of the size of the squad, but you know, at the, at the same time, there's no, there's no, um, there's no excuse for any kind of tightness or fatigue when it comes to these game, these crucial games that they are losing. It's, it's just, is it just a case of of quality and 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 you know the fact the fact that they're not they're just not performing at this moment in time.
2: Yeah, I, I see somebody made made the point. I, I, I'm not massive on goals, xG or whatever whatever you want to call it, but mm. I think. There is a situation where Wolves could have conceded a lot more goals this season, had it not been for Jose Saar, and I'm sure you've covered him in this podcast. But you know his impact has perhaps you know masked, masked some of Wolves' deficiencies at times. And um, I think, yeah, obviously the, the lack of goals is the big thing. And if you don't score goals, you're not going to win games. And um, you know that's that's catching up with Wolves in a big way. Now they've got to find a way somehow. But um, in terms of having a week off, I don't think the schedule, to me anyway. Uh, seems like uh, if that was the case, that um, that it that it's really dictated that. I think that sounds like a bit too much time off to
0: me. Right, Keanu, we've got some questions. Questions from the peeps. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's fun and flirty. You've got to go through quickly. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Aaron Wright says, "Do the players or did the players get too comfortable under Nuno, given he often picked the same eleven regardless? And have they been upset by rotation or actually having to work for a spot?"
3: um i wouldn't necessarily say they been upset i think that's probably got some say that you know he did get very comfortable under nuno it felt like that in the last season and also tactically they were they they sort of knew what to expect most of the time i know nuno made a few changes in that final season played a four at the back a couple of times but for the most part you know they were stuck in their ways really with formation and and tactics and system now of course the formation hasn't changed much Bruno is trying to get them to play in a much different way. Um so I think that's you know partially got something to do with it as well. Um yeah, I think you know some players will get comfortable if you know you're gonna get picked every week. It, it that complacency can creep in. Um and I think that's something Bruno's trying to work on and trying to stamp out.
0: Wayne says, Does this Wolves team have a soft underbelly? Neto and Padent are the only two attacking players worth keeping. The rest ain't good enough, he says. Fabio has improved but won't get you goals and needs a lone move. Wang needs to be moved on and Trincao sent back to Barcelona.
3: Well, I use that exact phrase uh, at the beginning of this uh, this podcast, didn't I? Saying they've got a soft underbelly. I think they do. Um they uh in terms of the forwards, I'd agree that, you know, to keep hold of Neto and Pedence, um I think with the right players around him in the right system, which I don't think we've got at the moment, I think there's you can get something out of Huang under under what Bruno wants to do and how he wants to play. Uh, unfortunately, I have to agree with Trinkaus; it's not. I don't think it's worked. It's not for me. And I would. I, I know he didn't mention it in that question, but I would. You know, I'd still keep hold of of Raul. I think that's obviously a top class striker in there. He's not had a great season, but you have to supplement that with with additions, I think, as well. Um, and and yeah, you need you need players coming in on both as a striker and as and as wingers, even if Trinkaus stays. To be honest.
0: Adrian says, "Why doesn't Large go to a back four at times? At least Nuno, Nuno tried it. Personally, I'm so bored of three at the back."
3: Well, I think it's, it's it's obvious that's what he wants to do. He's spoken about it, and he's spoken about sort of making those incremental changes to to where he wants the to, what his vision is, I suppose, for for the team. But you have to remember that this squad, probably ninety ninety five percent of this squad is Nuno's squad. It's not Bruno's. It's not his team. They're not his players. Now, there'll be plenty of players he will want to keep and want to work with, but he, there'll be changes he wants to make. And um, that is, as he said several times, is really the reason he's not been able to make huge um, changes tactically. He's made changes in terms of how he wants them to play, but in terms of the formation is the same and the shape. Um, because these players have been playing that for four or five years and they're, they're used to it. And he you know he wants to make those changes but he couldn't make all the changes all at once um so i don't think we'll see for the back before the end of the season i think we'll see it in pre-season um but it depends on the players that come in and all players that leave will determine really whether he plays it at the start of next season or not um if there's not enough changes made i would not be surprised to see five again next season so it's really it, it's based on the personnel as simple as that
0: Mike Allen, how do we ever move on from mid-table finishes without more revenue paying for better players? Has anybody with a thirty thousand stadium consistently stayed at the top?
3: Yeah, no, I, yeah, of course. It's that's one of m- several points when it comes to sort of revenue and, and commercial revenue and income that um, the stadium, of course, is going to play a part in that. And I think Wolves will need at some point to make those changes and bring in more revenue with more with more fans. Um, I think that's obvious. It's not the avenue they're going down at the moment. They've got uh, all the, you know, this fashion, esports, all that kind of stuff that they're doing, um, the, the music and stuff as well, and uh, and they're trying to sort of grow the brand. And they also, as I mentioned not long ago on this podcast, they're still looking at uh, invest for investment rather from elsewhere, somewhere that would be big enough to sort of move the club along. Um, so yeah, they're they're looking at those avenues, and of course, more is something they've looked at and spoken about, but it's not really. Forefront of uh, of the mind or number one on the uh, on the to do list at the moment, but it's something they're probably going to have to address at some point. Um, probably once they've got these other revenue channels sort of up and running.
0: Okay, coming to the end, coming to the end. Unfortunately, um, so Chelsea Saturday. Yeah. First of all, good trip. Um, it'd just be like Wolves to go there and get a result, won't it? Sort of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not confident? No, no, not really. I think we'll see a much better performance. I mean, they've got the FA Cup um, final,
0: remember, the following week. Yeah, now, they've got, got Leeds on the Wednesday, so you think they're probably yeah. going to rest the players there if they're going to, and, and there might be a backlash from the Everton game. But Bruno said afterwards that he's going to pick players to go to war with him over these last four games. Who, do you, who who, are these players, you think? Do you feel that there could be recourse for acts likes of Johnny, Raul Jimenez? Do they play Jimenez and... and and Fabio in a front two rather than someone on the right side like Burnley. What do you think the team that he will pick? Because he will need
1: a reaction, and they cannot obviously do anything like they they, they, they showed against uh, Brighton. Yeah, good question. I mean, I just really hope Daniel Pineda is fit, and I really hope Ruben Neves is is ready for seventy-five minutes. That make a massive difference. Pedro Neto maybe from the start for sixty. <sighs> it just seems they seem so reluctant. Mm. To play him, so you know what do you know. One thing, one thing you'd have to say in mitigation with the last three defeats is that they're missing their best defender this season, they're missing their best midfielder this season, who only sort of half came back against Brighton, Ruben Neves, and they're missing their best attacker this season, uh, in my opinion, Daniel Penix. Mm. So you got your three best players from from those three positions That's all out recently. Mm. I think it's, yeah, I think it's worth making. Um, I think we'll see an improved performance. I think we'll see effort. I think they'll raise their game, but unfortunately. Could have done with Chelsea beating Everton, really. Yes, confirm, very much to so. confirm third. Yes, because they're not confirmed now. No, um, I don't know how they've got to finish the season, but like I say, they've got leads in the week. So, yeah, yeah they so, they, have, they
0: have got to finish the season. So they've got obviously Wolves Saturday that leads away. Then they've got the FA Cup game against Liverpool in the final. Then they finish off with um, Leicester at home and Watford at home. So two pretty good games, I still, really.
1: I think they'll make third. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. But yeah, they're more, they're more likely to rest players against Leeds, aren't they, than Wolves mm. with the FA Cup coming. Um, they're a club in far more disarray than sort of Wolves are at the moment, and they've got players that are guaranteed to leave the club in the summer, and yeah. lots of underperforming players. So I think Wolves can go there and cause an upset if they're in the right frame of mind. Mm. As for who you pick, um, I'd like to see Johnny back on the left. Again, you hope Sami are right on the right, because otherwise that messes things up really. Ain't Didn't look great, like did it? Little hamstring. Well, we've not pull. really seen Ain't Nori for a while. I know it's been down. I don't know if that's had any influence on mm. his selection. I think imagine at Newcastle for certain. It's hard to call because you look at someone like Sadio Mane still producing the goods week after week, but I don't, I don't he's know really. He's a kid
0: though, Winter compared to you know, Mane? Yeah, it's Who impossible,
1: his impossible body into- possible for us to judge that. Yeah, but he's, I mean, he certainly. He didn't look himself against Brighton. I thought he was poor. No. Um, so, you really want Johnny and Samado as your wing backs. And um, you really want Penets and Neves. And if they have all those in the team and Jimenez looks a bit sharper, then they can get a result. Yeah. If not, you can't see anything else other than a defeat on current form. Oh, man. You can't, can you? No, you can't. Got to raise the game. someone has got to change. Well,
0: you raise your game, Tim, coming here today. <laughs> it's a nice way to finish it. Um, thank you very much for coming on the pod. Um hope you've Cheers, all... buddy. yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice to get get back into into things. And who's to say never in, in the future? Never say never. You never know when uh, when this might happen again. But genuinely what, are you, are you joining the Athletic. You? Genuinely. Um I, you know I've had to um my they still have not seen my emails apparently. It's all been in the basket. Apparently it's been unopened. Please, <laughs> carry. No, it's been uh, a <laughs> Um
1: it's been a pleasure, mate. So oh, thank you very much for coming. Uh, it feels, feels like I've never been away. I know. Yeah. It's so easy. It's so Was easy. it three years? It's almost too easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say about all the best marriages. Damn right. That's why she's away for another four weeks.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, from me, from Tim. Uh, thank you, mate. Um, we'll finish cheers, off with mate. Mr Edwards and, of course, Mr Keane. So uh, cheers, pal. And uh, wish you all the best. And I'll see you Saturday. Joe Edwards, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on our 250th Spectacular. Um, you'll always be a part of the Wolves family, and obviously, you know, you're still a massive Wolves fan. Is, is it different watching it? Obviously, coming as a fan and then reporting and then being the main man and then coming back in as a fan. Is it? Is it a little bit different for you from time to time? It is a bit
2: different. I'm still waiting to go to Molyneux as a, as a, as a fan. Again, I'm still yet to cross that bridge.
0: Can someone invite it- Joe Edwards, please, for a game? <laughs> Crikey, there's so many tickets um, on the old uh, sphere. Can someone just you know, take him, hold his hand, maybe get him a pie, a pint, <laughs> give
2: him a hug? Yeah, my brother is a season ticket holder, as is my dad. Um, and there might be one going spare one of the games for them. But um, yeah, I look forward to going back back to Molyneux soon. It is, it is different because I had to kind of turn off the fan head a little bit and I'm mm. slowly turning back on the fan head yeah <laughs> if you yeah. like no I uh, know no what quite, you mean not quite there yet perhaps but um so yeah it'd be, it'd be lovely to, to to go back to Molineux perhaps uh take the little one as well and uh, oh yeah and, yeah uh, exactly show, 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 show look, him the
0: joys show him the joys of Molineux, and molyneux absolutely and and get a win behind behind our belts Joe it's been a pleasure mate thank you very thank much you. for coming on um um like I say, you're always welcome and I, I know the peeps I'll speak for the peeps now I'm sure they'll they'll leave hopefully some some nice messages and you know not to cut off your hands or whatever they said uh, <laughs> but but um like I say it's always uh, it's always nice to hear from you and uh, and don't be a stranger mate. All right, we go to Stanford Bridge and Kino. First of all, I hope and I'm not sure because I haven't I haven't been there uh, since since lockdown, but I hope it's a full banquet because I mean this food is astonishing. Now, whether they've got it all open, just picture this keynote. You walk into the room, press room, and it's kind of cramped from a, from a work table point of view. It's kind of like you've got 50 chairs with the press conference banners at the front, you've got sides where you can have a have a state workstation with your plugs. And it's cramped because half the room is designated for at least nine to ten tables of gourmet food. I'm talking starters, aperitifs, amuse-bouches. I'm talking about probably 20 to 30 different salads. I'm talking about hot stations with carveries. I'm talking about cold food. I'm talking about pre-ordered food. And that's before you get to the cheese and biscuits, the dessert station, hot and cold, coffee, tea, alcohol. It is. The Willy Wonka of press food and, and there's no better feeling. So it's nailed on. You're going to get a sandwich and a pack of crisps because it's, just, it's still half COVID, obviously.
3: Oh, God, I hope not. Oh, but <laughs> It sounds it, glorious. It
0: is absolutely glorious. Um, there's some good scrum. If Chelsea are back on form, then this is the place to be. So I hope, I hope for your sake you get to experience it.
3: Well, um, I'm still really reeling over your soft comment at the, at the top of this podcast, to be honest. Um, considering I was wearing a jumper and a coat, I don't know how you could tell. Um, and whether you're winding me up or not, I've taken it to heart and I'm speaking oh, to, and I'm Pete, speaking to HR, you. mate. I'm speaking to HR. <laughs> and, um, I'm just, I've, I've,
0: just got, I've just got an email through there now. I've got to call <laughs> them after this.
3: <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting that you're going to body shame me. Because I'm telling you right now, I am... Actually, ripped at the moment. I'm going to send you some holiday pics. When, oh, when, when I'm on the, when I'm on the do beach, them because mate. I
0: will for them on Twitter by mistake.
3: Yeah, I actually thought about this, and obviously I wasn't. I wouldn't have sent you any because I know they'd be on Twitter within a split oh, second. So <laughs> second. I'm not stupid enough to actually send you some. Although I did send you the one um, jiu-jitsu picture before, and then but I, I didn't really care about that. But um, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to do you know in in the uh, press box at Stanford Bridge. I'll just whip off the tank top and show you the guns. Get it all out for you, but uh, crikey! <laughs> i do not saying you're junk. Mate, you don't you don't go to the gym four times a week, do jiu-jitsu four or five times a week, and not be an absolute animal like me. That's what so it's you're
0: like. not going So what you're saying to me is you're not gonna eat at Chelsea? Is that what you're saying?
3: <laughs> of course, I'm eating at Chelsea. Are you mad? It's a, it's a free lunch. I haven't got much money. I've just spent it all on shopping in Birmingham. Of course, have I'm. you seen your pay packet? Ninety G's a year. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I wish, mate. Uh, look, I uh, you know sometimes you gotta you know have a little indulgence here and there, and uh, I have been trying to cut down on on some of the press food because it is mm. e- when it's easy and it's there and it's free, yes. it's yeah it is easy to go mad. But with something like Chelsea, I mean, I oh, don't know yeah. if it's, as you say because of COVID, it's still going to be there. But I've been thinking about this all season because you told me several times about how good Chelsea is. So Amazing. I've been planning to indulge at Chelsea if it's there. So let's hope
0: let's hope mate, let's hope and pray uh, anyway there's a game that's going on as well oh, there's a game as well oh, I, I guess didn't there's realize, a game right. yeah I mean this is you know, this, the, the, the secondary uh, secondary point of what's happening on, on Saturday but yeah there's a game going on Wolves against Chelsea um, what are you thinking team wise point of view I mean Bruno is kind of very I mean use the, the phrase I guess did a long press conference post Brighton and, and the thing that stood out to me and probably a lot of people was I need to pick the team and the players for the remainder of the season I want to go to war with me so who are these players who are going to go to war? And I guess we'll see it on Saturday. Will will the likes of Raúl Jiménez get a recall? Will the likes of Johnny get recalls? Um, will he go two in the midfield? Will he go three? Chelsea, are interesting, aren't they? They've just got beaten by Everton, so they're going to be they're going to be fuming. And there's probably going to be a bit of a a bit of a um, comeback. You'd have thought, but at the same time, they must start having half an hour in the FA Cup final, which isn't at the end of the season. It is in. A week's time, I think they've got a midweek game against Leeds, I believe, as well. So we might still see some of those players with a week's rest. But at the same time, you know, there might not be you know, with the top four pretty much nailed on. There might not be a 100% strength. I'm not sure. But regardless, whether they're at half strength, quarter strength, full strength, Wolves are going to have to play a damn sight better to get to get anything out of this game
3: yeah definitely uh, you know wolves have to make huge improvements on that brighton performance to to get anything from the game but you you look at chelsea and as you say they're struggling a bit for form they're, they're stuttering at least um and they are really sort of shaky at the back at the moment as well so it'd be really interesting to see how they um how they line up because as you said they've got important games coming up um they have made changes in games here and there um and then you look at the midfield, Loftus cheek and Jorginho started against against Everton. I, I would fancy Wolves on form, if Neves is on form and fit to you know to cause them some problems. Um, but of course they've got you know talented forward players that albeit they're not exactly on it at the moment that you know Mount and Havertz I think are very good players. Verners is, is handy and behind can cause issues, not the, the best finisher but um yeah they, they've got They've got dangerous players, and of course, he plays a similar system to Wolves as well, with with the wing backs in in Reece James, who I think is top draw, To be fair to him, uh, Marcus Alonso, who is you know decent. Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be certainly a, a, t- a tough game. But Wolves, I think if they, if they focus on themselves and they can frustrate Chelsea, they can certainly get a result here. But they have to be a damn side better than what they were against Brighton. And that word there, frustrate, is probably going to be the key word for the game because. You look at how Wolves have set up this season away from home, again, particularly against a lot of the big teams, they have set up really to frustrate. I think Chelsea is probably the... No, sorry, Chelsea, yeah. United is put away. is probably the only game that they probably went at them away from home, a big team. Um, otherwise, they, for the most part, set up to frustrate. Often played three in midfield. And I can see that again. I can see Moutinho, Dendonca... Um, and Neves starting again Neves how long he lasts is, is one thing and then if that is the case it'd be really interesting for who Bruno plays in the front two because of course he played Fabio and Huang against Brighton didn't work I'd have thought he may try Raul and Fabio but he hasn't done that yet would he potentially try I mean I mean, he probably would play Pedence in a two or a three if he was fit so it'd be really interesting the the decisions he makes there, but I can see there being a handful of changes. I think he's going to want a reaction, and he's probably going to have to, in some ways, punish a few players who let him down on on Saturday.
0: Can you see Pedro Neto, who was, I guess, you know, hit the post late on? Can you see him potentially getting a start at Stamford Bridge? Fitness,
3: um,
0: fitness prevailing.
3: I could I could potentially see it if the formation suits him, but I do think he'll play through midfield. Mm. so I don't I don't think for, for that reason I don't think so
0: yeah Um. they just need to show more don't they and they're up against it of course they are but they've, they've got to they've got to provide more and give the fans something to cheer about and look they've done all right Chelsea recently you know they have Um, they were very lucky to get a 1-1 draw I think a, few, a couple of years a couple of years ago I think when the fans were there um, and yeah, they, they, of course, they've, they've got beat there as well. But it's not, been, it's not been a terrible hunting ground for them. They've had a few results there. So it's it's one that they've got to improve. And look, if they can somehow get a result, then then yeah, great. But um, the way things are going at this moment in time, and I, I did say afterwards, I said it would be almost more frustrating. This is tongue-in-cheek if they got a result than if they didn't um, after those three. But wolves being wolves, could they do it? Could they do a wolves? It would be typical me, Wolves if they went there and got a result, once
3: it, it? It would be typical Wolves if they went there and won. Let me paint the picture for you. Are you ready?
0: I like it. Go on. Wolves Come on, Picasso.
3: Away, away at Stamford Bridge. A hard-fought 1-0 victory. Oh, my God. The fans are chanting about Europe. The fans are dreaming. We then are I know at what, home. I know where this is going. I know We're at, is going. at home under the lights against Manchester City. Yeah. 8:15 kickoff. Uh, I love this. Wolves pick up three points, derail the title charge. Don't disappoint me
0: with the next, the next, the next sentence. Or the next I'm couple of firmly, sentences. I'm gonna disappoint you. I'm <laughs>
3: firmly put their European ambitions back on track.
0: I'll, I'll finish off. Before they get beat two 0 at home to Norwich, <laughs> there you go. And yeah, it's and probably baseballs. it's probably yeah it's probably
3: accurate. But you know, I mean, look, they could spark something special, a, a, a nine on impossible comeback with a win at Stamford Bridge. But um, that is me being as uh, optimistic and probably fanciful as I could as I can be. because It's not going to happen. Love
0: it. Matt um, Football Prizes is our new sponsor, a new um, a new partnership that we've got with them. Uh, you might have seen me tweeting about them a little bit. So some great great different uh, memorabilia that's going to be available every single week. It's £2.95 I think to enter a draw. It's drawn every Wednesday at 7.30 this week's Ruben Neves signed shirt. Uh, we'll give away one ticket per week but also with the code Wolves Poddy, that's W-O-L-V-E-S if you don't know how to spell Wolves, Poddy, P-O-D-D-Y, you'll get a 10% entry discount uh, to get those tickets and of course you can buy multiple tickets as well there's also a lot of spot prizes um it's great it's all 100 authentic and uh like i say uh, amazing memorabilia great keepsakes um and ruben nevers is, is available this week so uh make sure you get your get your entries in and uh and like i said we'll be letting you know uh every single week what's available and uh what's up in the in the bidding lots so so getting involved with that right kino uh it's prediction time to finish off um it's Chelsea. It's Wolverhampton Wanderers. I'm going to go first. I'm going to am going to give you, because I'm a nice kind of guy, and I gave you a little bit of ribbing at the start of the podcast. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to let you have the, um, the prediction that will that will give a lucky winner three different kits and a training kit this week. How's that? How's that? I'm shocked.
3: I'm getting it back, but I'll take it.
0: I'm going to say it's going to be Chelsea two Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. Sorry to disappoint everyone, but well, uh, I've set you up here. Come on.
3: Sometimes yeah. it's got to be done. Come on. Sometimes you've got to have a bit of faith. Come on, baby. Chelsea, nil, Wolves, one. Yeah,
0: Let's have it. Why not? Why, let's have it, my son. Let's have it. Um, it's been a pleasure, mate. Um, like I say, ribbing aside, it's been it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the podcast with you. Thank you for being part of the 250th episode. And of course... You know we'll we'll be leaving the other two behind, Mr. Spears and Mr. Edwards. Who I cannot thank more for coming on. And they will always be lifelong friends and members of the 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 wolf pack, the real wolf pack, the Inner Sanctum wolf pack. But me and you go on, mate. We go on to 251, 252, and beyond. So I look forward to to seeing you on Saturday. Let's hope that the the grub is there. And uh, and I think we'll be we'll be face to face next week as well, which will be I'll be looking forward to. So hopefully we can we can end the season with a bang from Liam, from me, from Tim and from Joe. Have a great weekend. Hope you enjoy the 250th podcast anniversary spectacular. Take care. Bye-bye.